1: back to flower politics podcast it's the 24th of September year of our Lord 2020 and I could not not get on a mic today after watching that live last night um, I gotta admit I, I understand that every podcast you know we, we find a new reason why the left goes to violence. This is the same old reason we always have. Um, It's always uh, the system. We must blow it up. Yada, fucking yada, yada. But what you just heard is literally people unloading a fucking U-Haul. And I was seeing it live because I was on Twitter. And it literally was planned, ready, it, it was like people said it It would have happened whether the verdict was either way. They were going to blow shit up. Eric Matheny was the first really to report it. This is a tag from the U-Haul in Louisville. A BLM Antifa are unloading their riot gear. It looks like 788-A13. There's an ID number on the truck. The woman in the truck's wearing a hip holster. Uh, that's an Arizona plate. For months, I've said, look into Arizona. The corruption is from Top, Ducey, and the AG. That's not it. Those trucks go everywhere. Articles automatically came out. U-Haul seen distributing shields, potential weapons Louisville riders, rented to Holly Zorro, or Zoller. And you guessed it. It's from Soros. It's a Soros pack. Uh, the U-Haul that began distributing riot supplies in Louisville immediately following the announcement of no officers would be charged. Breonna Taylor's death was rented by Holly Zoller of the Louisville Bail Initiative. The pre-parked truck was loaded with shields painted with anti-police messages, umbrellas, gas masks. Everything you saw in the protest was in the back of that trailer, or uh, U-Haul. And other riot supplies, Zoller confirmed it was her in a phone call from a concerned citizen who pretended to work for a rental company. You can listen to it full at the end of this article. U-Haul employee leaked logs. proved that Zoller was one who rented the truck. At least two of the people on the board of the Louisville Bail Initiative were Soros Justice fellows. The bail project claims to have paid bail for 12,096 criminals to date. According to her bio on the bail project website, Zoller has organized um, around... Anti-fascist movements prior to joining TBB, Holly owned a gardening company, worked as a sous-chef, and was a professional organizer. Holly lives in Louisville with her three daughters. Internet logs leaked by someone at U-Haul. And obtained by Twitter user Intel.wave shows that they were aware of the situation. A rental contract was also leaked. The Gateway Pundit has censored some of their personal stuff. When asked about the U-Haul by someone who claimed to work for the company, Zollick affirmed that she did indeed rent it. And I didn't get that sound bite, so we're going to get it right now. Um, hold one. All right, it's downloaded, and here is the actual call.
2: So, Leah Short, Christina Geraldo, Sarah Schneider, Internet Reservation, Internet Reservation, DG010377. I don't know if you know any of these numbers, but the call log sheet of... Uh, people that who have talked to me today, how yes. is, like it says, scheduling text message was successfully sent to this phone number. Pickup date on this time. Customer was texted a customer confirm access link. Customer called in stating he saw someone driving this equipment and are rioting and property damage. Not true. That's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of Twitter posts about this customer renting a contract using the rental under this number used to protest illegally. Not true. We handed out supplies. That's it.
3: So you handed out supplies and that was it?
2: Yes. What and kind of I, supplies like, were they, Holly? Since then, it, umbrellas, water, masks, goggles,
3: nice, cause-
2: gloves.
3: Holly, like, from what I've seen, people have been sending us, and we've been getting absolutely flooded, Holly, with calls. They're saying uh-huh. we saw signs of people saying, abolish the police, defund the sure, police, about, defund. That's my First
2: Amendment right. What does matter what I, it, matter I, what a I wrote on a sign?
3: I get it. I'm not saying you're in trouble. I just want to make sure we're, we're kind of clear because like, we have no clue what's going on. I'm sure you have no clue what's going on. It's your First Amendment right to peacefully protest. And once again, I that's didn't peaceful. Even
2: protest. I just drove a U-Haul truck and dropped items off.
3: You just I drove a U-Haul truck him and him dropped items off, that. Holly? All
2: uh, right, excuse me?
3: No, I'm saying, is that what you... No, I, I didn't hear you breaking up. Is that what you just said? Holly. Holly, are you there? Did uh, are we good, Holly? Did I lose you?
2: I'm sorry. You're gonna have to talk to my
3: lawyer. I have to talk to your lawyer. Yeah,
2: I just I'm not I'm not gonna answer any more questions.
3: Yeah, you're not in trouble. I'm not the law enforcement. Like we're not I'm nothing to do with them. I'm just calling on behalf of U-Haul because we have no clue what's going on. I mean, you're not in trouble with us. Like, if you were, like you said, you're dropping off supplies, we're just completely, you know. I just,
2: it doesn't make any sense that all these people got my name because there's, like, and they have, like, they're, they're tweeting your guys' internal log, call logs. Like, it seems like somebody from U-Haul is giving them this information. And I'm going to tell you that's a really big problem.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure on that. I mean, I, I
2: literally am holding in my hand a screenshot of y'all's call logs, like your employees' call logs, to the, in and what they said when they talked to me.
3: <laughs> I, say, I have no clue. This a huge clue. breach
2: it's, of security. This yeah. a huge breach of security.
3: I'm not going to comment on that. I have no clue what happened on that employee's front. I'm just trying to get like a grasp but of what like happened like five on this truck.
2: employees who talked to me. Yeah. Yeah, like Leah Christina Geraldo, who are all these people? These people entered stuff that now is all over the internet.
3: I mean, didn't, didn't you take that risk by going out there with the U Haul truck and passing out supplies to protesters?
2: No. I, I mean, I would assume that U Haul would never give away my information. Why would you do that?
3: Yeah, I have no clue, Holly. I have no clue.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just
3: seems like, do you have a supervisor I can talk to? Um, I'll be honest, I'm not with you, Hall, but I do wish you well. Yeah, I didn't think you were I know with inciting you, rights is a federal crime, Holly. I do wish you well, and I hope you have a night's rest of sleep. Like, just just take care, Holly, okay? I love you. Okay. Boom.
1: Bunch of fucking people on the internet can find that out. Not a single fucking media source will find out why who how i mean people are online saying pretty like well, here's one it's about to go down u-haul truck arrives in louisville with signs and items of protesters with an announcement from brianna taylor case award-winning freelance photographer filmmaker currently washington and former author member nabg that was the guy that tweeted that brendan Guschwager. No one is to cross in front of black women. Protesters, a group in front of line by race and gender with a line of black women, followed by a black man, followed by everyone else. Independent guy on the scene capturing original videos of rallies. He's a normal guy. Black women chant. He so I checked who he was to see, you know, is he a lefty? Because he said it's about to go down. Shelby Talcott. A parked u haul was waiting for the crowd up the street. Contains supplies such as sign shield, water. Not sure how many people knew what it contained. Police are up ahead. A spontaneous protest is breaking out in Kentucky, and she put it in quotes. Matt Walsh, they've got U-Hauls packed with pre-made signs and riot shields. This is organized and fun and insurrection. The Fed should be hunting down those behind this, charging them with sedition, and doling out prescribed penalties upon conviction. Molly Hemingway, to state the obvious, this is why FBI interference about there being no organization to these riots is impossible to believe. Eric Maybe one day an enterprising reporter will track down who rents the U-hauls and who is p- paying for all these supplies. I mean, you heard this—the last part of the intro. Y'all fucking gonna die. We've already proven—not we, people on the internet, just being concerned citizens—have already proven over and over and over. These people are bust around. Do you? In fact, was there? Do you think anybody for the mainstream media even cared? I watched yesterday as NFAC walked around with an AR. Keller and the on-street reporter said fucking nothing about it. But we were inundated with article after article of white-wing fucking white supremacist terrorists going to a lockdown, getting a temperature check with rifles. Before they went in the Michigan Capitol. But not one article. Who's financing it? The reason is, the media's part of it. They're for this. As we get done with all the sound bites, my God. It was like they were part of the protest again. Because they believe justice wasn't served. And then a black AG who's in charge of Kentucky goes on the TV and speaks, and sweet God, did they show their colors.
4: LMPD's Criminal Interdiction Division. Federal law enforcement partners are conducting that investigation. Sergeant Mattingly and Detectives Cosgrove and Hankinson had no known involvement in the preceding investigation or obtainment of the search warrant. They were called into duty as extra personnel to effectuate the service of the search warrant. They only had information conveyed to them during their prior briefing. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. When officers were unable to get anyone to answer or open the door to apartment four, the decision was made to breach the door. After breaching the door, Sergeant Mattingly was the first and only officer to enter the residence. Sergeant Mattingly identified two individuals Standing beside, and then right after that, we keep pumping it up,
1: pumping it up. It went through the whole night. He's not a real Negro. Sorry, I swallowed a piece of dip. I was so pissed off. Boom! Here comes the conspiracy theories, and he's not really black on the view. But first, here's a basketball player, Rex Chapman. Guys, never forget that Breonna Taylor's killers were at the wrong house. The wrong house. Somebody says, it's not true. The police had a search warrant with their name and address on it. Rex Chapman is once again irresponsibly tweeting out total lies. Uh, Louisville Colonel Courier Journal. Understand, there is not a newspaper locally that is not the USA Today. Gannett has bought out everything. That's why I don't get the Leaf Chronicle and I don't get the Tennessean because it's just a cut and paste of the USA today with super liberal shit and people it's just shit I don't want to read. So, instantaneously, you can stop with your well, it's Louisville, it's Kentucky, everybody's fucking racist down there, bullshit from the left because there's been a lot of that implication also. This is the USA today, it just doesn't have the name on it. This our rating on this is false. The search warrant for Taylor and her home explicitly identified her and her dress. Louisville police were not there by mistake. They believe that Taylor had ties to Glover, one of the main suspects in the investigation. And the search warrant for Taylor's home included her street address, apartment number, and photo of her apartment door, which police later broke using a battering ram. Taylor's name, birth date, and social security number are listed on the warrant outside of the names of narcotic investigated main targets. Jamarcus Glover, Adrian Walker, Adrian Walker, and Kenneth Walker are not related. In the affidavit for search warrant, James wrote that he'd seen Glover get a package from Taylor's home and that he used Taylor's address as his own on documents. Darian Levin, Rex, I love you, but they had the right address and apartment. Her name was on the warrant. What did Rex Chapman say? Unfollow me, please. Then he doubled down. Three counts of wanted endangerment against one officer, others are not charged. Class D felony to one in five years, a $50,000 bond. I suffered greater penalties for shoplifting at the Apple store, literally. He got nothing for the murder. Country justice. A sad day. Kyle Griffin, had tweeted that out. He t- tweeted out Rex Chapman. I get. Well, I don't know what this is. From the Bleacher Report. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Bleacher Report. Twelve-year NBA veteran Rex Chapman pleaded guilty to four counts of theft last Friday, per Jerry Timpton of Lexington Herald Leader. Charges stem from an incident last September during which he stole fourteen thousand dollars with a of merchandise according to Tipton Chapman will serve 750 hours of community service and remain on probation for a period of time yet to be determined. So, once again, he's lying. He's just lying. That's what he does. That's what BLM does. And then we get that piece of shit fucking race hustling lawyer that started off with fucking Trayvon Martin and that fucking battle hat cut. Excuse my statements on here. Because I was watching live when I recorded this.
2: Um, Donald Trump, uh, he praised this Kentucky Attorney General, Attorney General Cameron, yesterday and called him, quote unquote, brilliant and a star. Well, we're not surprised at that since Cameron spoke at the RNC. A little bit of a conflict of interest there. As I said before, you need an objective me, not somebody
5: with well, a condition Brianna's name. we can we ever have a country as long as this man is obviously we look at your empathy for being killed in our partner. He couldn't with a administration all those people marching in the streets for Brianna will make sure they go to the polls and vote. And when you think about him praising Kentucky Daniel Cameron, you have to say, well, did Daniel Cameron do Everything possible to ensure that justice was done. Oh, justice completely. is only justice. when you get a but lynch white well, people, right? Remember, this whole probable cause affidavit, George, was based on a lie. They claimed that that the United States. That is, is Spectre, a lie. Diana was having a- respect. <laughs> that said, he did not make that statement. So, did Daniel Cameron present that to the grand jury? Did Daniel Cameron present that? The one witness that he keeps parading said that the police knocked and announced. But there was 12 witnesses that our legal team, 12 neighbors that said they did not hear the police knock and announce. And in fact, that particular neighbor who they keep parading to try to justify the unjustifiable killing of Brianna. On two previous uh, statements, he said he did not. I'm sorry, they
1: did not hear the police knock and announce. Everything they say is a lie. Her question is the most sought up. I mean, I literally left going with my wife, and I both saying, "Who the fuck watches this show? Who the fuck watches this tripe?" And and think of the implication. Not only are they saying. He's not a true African-American, and Don Lemon started He was the first on the scene to do it. You're saying because you're part of the GOP, you can't do your job. Yet there has not been an AG more fucking biased than Eric Holder. He was in contempt of Congress, and the media supported him. These people have no intellectual honesty. That's what gets me so angry. I had a buddy call me, and in honor of him today, our narrative section is literally going to be me trying to be NPR and talk like soft because he said he started my podcast and I said fuck six times. This stuff is angry because you're acting like a child. There has not been a moment in the last six years the Democratic Party has been adults and they're about to run our country with this kind of shit. And what is justice? You heard me yell it. Is it lynching white people? Because it doesn't seem like BLM, the mainstream media, or the Democrats are really for justice. They're for revenge. And we show it on the t- show all the time. It's always, we're going to re-educate them. And some people are going to go down. And we know all you Trump people. People's responses to that skin folk shit believe some rando from LAPD officer 2,000 miles away, or the AG who lives about two miles from the chaos. Skin folk, but not kin folk. Not sure how it's helpful or constructive for black leaders to weaponize their own race against those they disagree with. I struggle to think of any other ethnic group that does this. Also, the AG was not speaking for black people. He was speaking for the Attorney General on application and execution of law for all residents of Kentucky. Imagine if a white expert said that the DA, who is also white, but didn't bring charges against a black officer, was skin folk, but not kinfolk. And then somebody went right to it. Just because he's up there with blackface. That's the implication. So though we knew it was going to happen, though we knew all this media shit was going to strum it up, boom, we went from mostly peaceful
6: as they always say, to fucking anarchy. I love the black community, and I've done more for the black community than any other president. And I say, uh, with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln, and I mean that, with Opportunity Zones and with uh, criminal justice reform, with pr- uh, prison reform, with what we've done for historically black universities, colleges, schools, what we've done, It's uh, nobody's done more Abraham Lincoln, let's give him the nod. But beyond that, nobody's done more. I love the black community. Uh, I don't know enough about it. I heard a decision was just made. Uh, We've been together here, and so we haven't discussed it. But after I see what the decision is, I will have a comment on it. Okay? Thank you all very much. Thank you very much.
7: Are. My kids would never fear your fucking kids, especially yours, black man. Fucking idiot, you the biggest idiot in the whole fucking group. How fucking dare you, fucking Andre. He is the nigga that sold out the nigga 600 years ago. Mm. That's his ancestors, right? Fucking earth. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, I know where they over here singing and doing all the shit y'all say they ain't want them to do. Long as y'all touch me and my folks, long as y'all protect me and my folks, I don't nobody give a fuck about you. Only people that shit is your family. That's the only one that does matter to you, right? But long as your kid ain't shot down in the fucking street, who ain't? Listen, no one is to cross in front of the black women. Nobody. No one. None. When we see danger, we will let y'all know what to do. Everybody keep a steady pace. No yeah, one boy. crosses in front of the yeah, black we women. We are all
8: streets yeah. so We need the yeah. right
7: foot. Oh, that's right. Right. That's yeah. right. Listen, people in the park, we need y'all to clear away way for them. I want everybody to understand that we are in the position of day one, day two. Yeah. Yeah, he is the nigga that sold out the nigga 600 years ago. That's his ancestors, right? Fucking her! Hey, I know where they over here singing and doing all the shit y'all say they ain't want them to do. Long as y'all not touch me and my folks. Long as y'all protect me and my folks.
4: Set up in post, they getting ready to come from everywhere else. Here they come.
7: Oh, they shot shotguns at them. Oh, shit. Shit, they shoot guns at them. Real guns. Shit. Okay. Hey. They're glassing up.
1: this is all so fucking coordinated it was also in DC and New York City got so crazy all over the country because the media's hyping it. They're saying it's a uh, fucking travesty of justice, blah, blah, blah. Ian Miles Chong, Anafon, Seattle, attempted to murder a police officer by hitting his head with a metal baseball bat as a Black Lives Matter mob surrounded him. This video was deleted and I'll tell you why in a second. Now, for the record, the media know this. During the CNN live feed, as they're walking down the street, CNN is with them, unlike Fox, they're off to the side. They were in the crowd, and they were focusing on a pink bat. They kept showing the pink bat, and that was over in Louisville. So, the video that was online, and luckily Ian Miles Chong downloaded it, then resubmitted it. Was taken down. It was a student journalist. She got two tweets back. Leela, please take this down. Very close up and far video of faces identifying clothing is super dangerous. Another one, please stop endangering protesters. So, OKRRR okay, Alexa, who is a student journalist, OK, folks, with an X. Given some critical feedback, I've removed all videos that could compromise identification of protesters. I'm not interested in promoting the identities of who are involved in the demonstration. Thanks for everyone who messages me. Tom Bevins, this is Antifa. Crowd cheers the man for hitting a police ball bat in the head with a baseball bat. A police, ball, a police officer in the head with a baseball hat. A bat. Got it. I, I couldn't even say that, but I tried. The rest of the world was like me. If it was a lockdown protester, if it was a Proud Boy, Boogaloo, whatever group you guys are going to make up today, I guarantee that video won't come down, and I guarantee nobody on the right would ask for it to come down. It's called fucking Freedom of Speech, Moonbat. And I told her she'll be a great CNN reporter, because she will. Ford Fisher, the activists are looking at individual media credentials and social media accounts. This is at Louisville. And giving out Globe. I'm sorry, DC, this is at DC. The activists are looking at individual media credentials and social media accounts and giving out glow bracelets to ones they approve of. They forbid live streaming, at least for the time being. I will refrain from streaming for my safety and add updates here. Washington, D.C. NFL militants are screening journalists to remove unapproved reporters who film their violent activities. Joel Pollock, mostly peaceful except for the part about destroying the First Amendment on a public street so they don't get filmed during the non-peaceful stuff they're more interested in doing. Would you want to be credentialed by these terrorists? They want transparency for police, judiciary system, and politicians, but not themselves. They would only do that if they were planning something illegal anyway. Was just instructed nicely by protesters to not take pictures. Another one, Robbie Sav, Happened right in front of me. Nearly jumped out of my skin. Afterward, I tried to... Reassure Umbrella Man that I didn't have a photo of the window-smashing guy. What guy, he says. And if you think, you don't have to think hard. Last night, once you hit the 7 o'clock hour, the only people out there really filming stuff was Fox News. Everybody else had gone betty-bye to Bonzo. Because they knew no good could come from it. The CNN guy. Literally was standing next to the police. And he didn't go anywhere else. You saw no more live feed in front of the crowd. Like when we started. Because they don't want to get him in trouble. But it's because they're part of it. Here's another journalist. The The Sobs. That's what's sticking with me here in Louisville is I see the reaction to the Brianna Taylor announcement. I've covered a lot of these, but I don't remember ever seeing this much hurt, this much crying for protesters. Protesters blocking intersection. This is Scooter Truth Scooter Truth of Louisville. That's his name, Scooter. I asked what he had to say, the world given today news. Fuck the system. If everyone could get killed, to how Brianna got killed by the police. There's no way we should live in a society where that's possible. After a loud but peaceful march, of about two hours, police and riot gear confronted protesters, and then began pushing them. A chemical agent was used, and the officer began arresting protesters, dragging some to the ground by the collar. Officers then declare an unlawful assembly. Basically, he slowly but surely became part of the protest,
9: which shot a fucking cop. We're going to get to our breaking news first with the protests in cities all around this country. Are happening now demanding justice for Brianna Taylor straight to CNN's Jason Carroll who is joining us from Louisville where a curfew is in effect tonight Jason good evening once again those two officers shot earlier tonight in Louisville uh, the the police chief holding a press conference take it away what do you know
10: Right, Robert Shorter, uh, holding that press conference a short while ago. Uh, both of those officers uh, are at this point non-life-threatening injuries. A suspect is in custody. Uh, very quickly, want to sort of recap how we got to the po- to the moment when those officers were shot. We were there when it happened. Don, as you know, it began at uh, Jefferson Square Park. It was about eight o'clock, and as more as the evening wore on, as we got closer to the curfew, it became more and more clear that some in the crowd were becoming more and more agitated we saw some starting to light fires then a group of about a couple hundred broke off from uh, that particular park Je- Jefferson Square Park and then made their way to an overpass at Broadway and first that is at the moment where we heard what it appeared to be fireworks then we heard gunfire it was all captured on our cameras I want you to your audience your viewers to look at what we saw as it happened
5: Me. Stay with me!
8: So you there. can
10: see it at one point, on, we made to a safe location. Uh, and at that point, we were able to continue on. But it, w- it was also captured from another camera from a different perspective. want you to take a look at that as well. Four, fire, Shots
2: fired. You all good? We're good. Here? good. Right Officer down, right there. Officer down. Yes. Cover. Officer down. Take cover. Take cover. Take
10: cover. So again, Don. Uh, two officers shot. One alert, in stable condition. The other is in surgery. Also. In stable condition. Again, a suspect is in custody. And again, want to bring it back to Breonna Taylor and her family, because as you know, I've spoken to uh, her mother on more than one occasion, and she made it very clear while she wanted protests to continue, she wanted them to be non-violent, certainly not the way it ended this evening.
1: My fucking wasn't referring to the cop. It was to these fucking bastards. And you knew what was going to happen. The media knew it, and the media wanted it. Because the media is just like BLM. cab, right? All cops are bastards. Fry them like fucking bacon. The other day, I literally was searching for what a cab meant. And the USA Today did an article including F-12, which means fuck the police. I wouldn't have a problem if it was informational. No, it was more the phrases you need to know. That's what they titled the article. We need to know this because we need to be down with BLM. They're freedom fighters. You must be woke during the live feed They had people walking in residential areas again. And you saw nervous people out there. They were getting yelled at and shit was getting fucked up. And then you saw everybody out there with their fists up. A la the BLM table side fucking wokeness. Which we have another incident today. Because people are cowing. I mean, I don't want my house burned down. I'll go out and bow to these fucking fucking terrorists that's what we'll do the actual Fox 23 news out of uh, Louisville Brianna uh, live updates Officer shot during Louisville protests expected to recover that's on the top but everywhere else today it's bullet five or six CNN was reporting about this this and this and oh some cops got shot and Don Lemon, when he literally had to report that the cops were going to make it, it looked like he had sucked on a lemon, and I'm not making that up. He, his tone was uh, upset. You could tell he was visibly upset. Because remember, he had just said, we're going to blow it up. We need to blow it up. It all needs to be blown up. But they literally went through, officer shot during protest, man detained uh, after driving car in a protest in Denver, uh, police in Denver arrested a man Wednesday night on suspicion of driving a vehicle in a protest, officers at CoFox and Broadway, at least one protester hit around nine fifteen. the Denver Post reported, she told the newspaper that she was not badly injured, it was kind of going up on the hood, and I was like, no, I'm not doing this, and I rolled over to the side, and the video... <laughs>
8: Oh my God.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing. He was getting surrounded, so he fucking hit the gas. What we're all going to do. Justin was denied, House Speaker Pelosi says. I'm not playing her. I'm done with her. Suspect acuting shooting, injuring two Louisville police. Everybody was retweeting this picture and saying white supremacy. Because Max Keller said it's just a bunch of uh, alt-right fucking white supremacist agitators. He's black. Sorry about that. Sorry. We can still blame white people. 127 arrested during Louisville protesters for fucking shit up. Atlanta, they had to use tear gas because they were attacking the fucking um, statehouse. There you go. Yeah, those are nice people. They're freedom fighters. They're patriots. Tear gas time. 100 arrested overnight during Louisville, so they kept updating it. They show them breaking shit, fucking things up. Portland. Multiple people arrested and riots were declared during overnight in Portland. Failure to adhere to this order. They told me to get the fuck out. Uh, protesters throw Top cocktails towards officers, light fire to Justice Center, break windows, and they show the photo, the photos of a rock the size of their brick Radios, we call them bricks out in the NTC. Yeah, they they're they're the same size. Thirteen arrested in Seattle, where they hit somebody with a fucking head. FBI seeking tips to shooting the two police officers. That was early. They kept the total. Multiple demonstrations sweep Chicago, uh, Saint Paul. Yeah, they're out there burning shit too. <laughs> Then they decided to close down I-94. Because, you know, people don't have to do anything. D.C., like we talked about. um, What else do we have? Houston had problems. It was a lot less. Manhattan Bridge got blocked. And that's about it. I'm not gonna go over anymore. It's just the same old shit. Simultaneously, while this was breaking out yesterday, Reuters led with What did you expect? White supremacist's most persistent and extremist threat to US politics, Homeland Security had said. No he didn't. DHS tweets incomplete misleading reporting the DHS responded to question by outlining threats to homeland, racially and ethnically motivated violence which is black and white now, anti-government and anarchist extremists, which is BLM and Antifa, anti-law enforcement individuals, BLM Antifa, nation states like Russia, China, and Iran. The entire world was me, including black people, don't you know? Yeah, sure, it's white supremacists who are about to terrorize another American city, Louisville. A fire has been started outside Justice Hall in downtown Louisville, somebody tweeted to him. (laughs) Julio Rosa. Multiple fires started in Louisville, he tweeted to them. Valania. They must be biding their time playing the long game and waiting to attack sometime in 2037. Those devious white supremacists. Isn't that the truth? So, the... first soundbite I played for the shooting, understand, was the media not researching for it, not looking for it, they didn't give a fuck, they wanted a body count, they, you know, they jerked off Don Lemon with some fucking, probably cocoa butter lotion, jerked his little dick to fucking the people trying to stop them from saving the lives of the L.A. sheriffs, because Don Lemon's a fucking terrorist. That's why he projects it's all white people. And I know that was crude, but I don't give a fuck on this day. Sorry, Rich. In Alabama. Literally, people on the ground. Journalists that aren't affiliated with the mainstream media. They found it. Robert Aram Ferdman, 2LMAPD. LMPD officers have been shot here in Louisville. The shooting happened around 8.30. So to tell me the suspect was being detained. Um, nurse deployable. Fallon gick. CIA simulated warlord. According to the steamers, streamers on the ground, the riot loonable shot a max a minimum of 10 times directly at the police. Uh, Shelby Talcott again as the crowd marched into the overpass. The commotion broke out and everyone started to run. I'm not sure why. Everybody just scattered after several loud bangs. She didn't know why. Kitty Shackelford, quite a weapon to have at a riot in Louisville, Kentucky, and they show people with bats and long rifles and ARs. I mean, they have weapons of war out there that the left wants to confiscate, but somehow nobody noticed. Nobody seemed to fucking care that this was happening. And Jenna Frito, screen mirrored, here is a look at the shooting. Looks like they're going to need it. Complete insanity. And she was saying they need prayers. Here are the other angles. Right
2: there, right there. Officer down, right there. Officer down? Yes. Yes. Okay. Where do you want to go? Right here. We got an officer down.
8: Down the Officer all down, and they're
11: backing officers out. Officers cover! Officer down, take cover. Okay. Down. Take
2: cover! Okay. Take cover. So going to back lines. We're in here down the alley. We got one down, we got one down.
1: Can you feel from right here? Yes, yes. So as we do our first break today, I'm going to play the media talking about Louisville. Don't worry. I got the ugly shit too. So that'll be our music break and then we'll come in to the media inciting fucking violence.
9: Alex Marquardt is covering this story for us from Washington, uh, D.C., where protesters are near the Capitol. Alex, you have been marching with the protesters. What are you seeing? What are you hearing from these protesters? What are they saying about this verdict?
12: Don, we've been marching with these protesters from the White House for about an hour, and i got to tell you, just since you got on the air in the last few moments, this has taken a turn for a much more violent march. I just want Adolfo to turn around here. This is the line of riot police. Until now, we have not seen police in this kind of gear, and that has really indicated that there has been a significant escalation uh, in just the last few moments. Now, the protesters have started going down this way in response. It's unclear what prompted this police response until now. I'm not going to say it's been peaceful, but it hasn't quite been violent. Since leaving the, Adolfo, follow me down here. Since leaving the White House, where it was a quiet, somber, more peaceful march, these protesters, uh, scores of them have been marching through some of the nicer parts of DC, through neighborhoods where there are restaurants and bars and apartments, uh, chanting all sorts of things, anti-gentrification slogans, anti-police slogans, uh, some have been banging on, uh, on street signs with batons and bats. Fireworks have been have been fired off. We've seen graffiti sprayed uh, on a variety of buildings and even seen an Antifa flag clearly being flown and waved at the front of the march. We are now at the back of the march. Again, Don, we started with this march at the White House about an hour ago. We are now in Adams Morgan. Um, There had, until about five minutes ago, not been any confrontation with the police, the police allowing this crowd to essentially go wherever they wanted to escort them. You can see here, they're policemen on bikes. They are not in riot gear. But Don, as you know, there is a point, usually in these protests, where you wonder which way is it going to go? Is it going to stay peaceful or relatively quiet, which it had been? Or is it going to get violent, which we have just seen indications of? For now, this crowd continuing to walk through Adams Morgan here in Washington, D.C., Don. So right where
9: you are now, I mean, it doesn't look particularly violent. It does look like there is chaos uh, there, Alex. Um, is there a, a stronger presence of police or response from police? Talk to me about that.
12: Yeah, it had been much stronger. And the reason that it looks quieters, frankly, because the march had moved on as the police moved in. Um, The police were chanting move back and move back. They did. Uh, The the crowd certainly has shown no sign of dissipating or going home. They are just moving on. They did not engage with the police. Uh, We did see uh, one young man, I believe, taken into custody. Um, But other than that, There there have not been violent altercations with the police. The police are not wearing gas masks, which is usually a sign that they, at least for now, are not planning on firing tear gas. But the protesters themselves, as we left the White House, they did start putting on helmets and goggles and start talking about keeping a tight group. um, And frankly, talking about marching tactics. So it's clear, at least, they thought there was a possibility that things could turn violent. We'll certainly see where that goes. For now, the march is continuing. Don? All right. Alex Marquardt, uh, we'll get back to you, Alex.
13: After these findings were announced, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who, by the way, is a protege of Senator Mitch McConnell, who was at his wedding in early, early August, called Brianna's death a tragedy, as if her death were akin to a drowning or, or an accident or being hit by a bus. Today's ruling states that in legal terms, Brianna Taylor's life did not matter. That message was heard loud and clear, and not just by black Kentuckians, but let's face it, by black Americans everywhere. That according to the theory of of the law that was voiced today by Attorney General Cameron, police have the perfect right to bust into your home in the middle of the night if you have any association with someone police are looking for, even if they've already found them. And they can shoot and kill you in your bed and walk away with no legal repercussions. And the only problem that these police will have is if they don't aim properly at you. And they endanger your neighbors. And about that right to bear arms and defend yourself in your home, well, you know that good old conservative rallying cry? Second Amendment. Oh, that doesn't apply to black people. Sorry. The rule of law, that doesn't apply to black people. Justice, uh, that doesn't apply to black people. That was the message that we heard from the state of Kentucky today.
14: We know that the attorney general is a conservative Republican who spoke at the
13: GLP convention, and this stinks of politics. Yeah, I think you have to always look at party. Party is the religion now in America, par- especially for Republicans. Don't look at the fact that this guy is black. That does not mean anything. He is a Republican through and through. He spoke at the RNC. He told you who he was. Believe him. Alicia Garza, uh, this guy did manage to get out a few words about celebrities, and he's upset that people are gonna speak out on behalf of Breonna Taylor. He finds that offensive. Maybe he's still mad that Tina Knowles owned him on jumping off and doing his little marriage thing and having Mitch McConnell as his guest of honor and enjoying his life while Breonna laid cold in the ground. Maybe he's still mad at Tina Knowles. This was an atrocity. And I watched that press conference this morning and noticed that there were more words and more time given to activists, celebrities, and influencers who don't know what's happening in Kentucky than there was giving the actual facts. I think what I saw this morning was a, a Bull Connor speech in 2020, and you're right. Unfortunately, it was being given by a black- And this violence uh,
15: that we're seeing play out tonight, and it's not just here, it's in other cities across the United States, is being fu- fueled in part by a lie. What is that lie? The lie is that America is a systemically racist country that we really haven't made really any progress. It's certainly not much progress since the 1950s or 1960s on issues related to race. Now, this is a cynical and poisonous strategy. This entire narrative about systemic racism that's being employed by hard left activists and echoed without any question whatsoever, by many in the media who frankly know better. Now that's exactly what they're doing now after this grand jury decision, where again, two officers of the three were not charged after the shooting of Breonna Taylor.
2: Reminder of the tremendous work that must be done to address the ways in which racism infects every aspect of policing. I think it's grossly insufficient
5: it does not deal with the fact that the life of Brianna Taylor was taken.
16: No one is actually being held responsible for her death.
15: What you just heard might make you think that the police got away with murder. But that's not what happened. That's not what the grand jury found. I want to walk you through the facts of the case. Shortly before 1 a.m. on March 13th, three plainclothes Louisville police officers executed a warrant at Taylor's apartment. And contrary to the media's initial claims, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron months ago had had these month long investigations. He found that this was not served as a no-knock warrant. The police knocked and announced themselves before they entered the apartment. This was confirmed by an eyewitness, an independent eyewitness, I might add. Now, upon entering the apartment, the officers were greeted by gunfire from Taylor's boyfriend. One officer was hit in the thigh. He and another officer returned fire. Now, unfortunately and tragically, they hit Taylor six times. She was unarmed and died in the hallway. A Louisville grand jury examined all the evidence. It applied all the relevant statutory provisions regarding use of deadly force. And it found no probable cause to charge the crime of murder. And certainly not for all three officers. Now, jurors did indict former Louisville officer Brett Hankinson on three counts of first-degree wanted endangerment for blindly just firing bullets into three different apartment units. He went through some plate glass and uh, uh, bullets ended up in another apartment where other people were uh, sleeping. Thankfully, no one was hurt in that apartment. But he faces up to five years in prison. So this was a horrible tragedy. But the grand jury, which is our system, our system of government, our system of of criminal justice, how we look at these things, did not find probable cause to charge murder.
17: Welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast with Tony Reed.
7: Move aside and let the man go through, let the man go through, move aside and let the man go through, let the man go
5: through. While the media calls it peaceful, we
10: call it the violent left.
2: I I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me
18: where it says that protest is supposed to be polite and peaceful.
17: Do something about your dad's immigration practices with they go low,
18: that was. How do
17: you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck?
9: The biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Most of them radicalized, brought him to the right.
17: I thought he should have
19: punched him in the face. I said, even if he lost, he insulted you. wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and thought Mexicans, rapists, and murder. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero.
0: I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
9: Punch
7: some people in the face! When was the last time an actor
6: assassinated a president?
9: They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact.
6: The country is wiping
9: most of them radicalized right to the right.
0: All punches are not equal morally. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I woke up and I saw these headlines like Don Lemon is calling for
9: the abolishing uh, the uh, the electoral college. Blow it all up! I I was responding to you when you said we want people with integrity. I wasn't even there. (laughs) 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 No, but let me tell you, I don't care. But I was responding to you when you said we want people with integrity in office, and I said, well, then we're gonna have to blow up the whole system, right? But and I said, man, here's what Democrats can do, and I said that's a danger. They can like stack the court. But all of a sudden, I am calling for the abolishing of the Electoral College. And what else did they say? Oh, and that I'm a Democrat because I said we. I mean, the American
0: people. But anyway. But listen, you forgot something very fundamental. That you weren't there at all. I wasn't even there, but I'll take your word for what happened. But I'll tell you this. I lost my pen. A black guy can't say that he wants to blow anything up right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. What is wrong
9: with you People are waiting
0: for you to come. And destroy their houses. Oh my gosh! With I people know. like me, your cookie white friends. I know it's crazy, right? So you can't <laughs> say you want to blow stuff up because you're playing into the narrative. So you can say that. You can say that. Whoa! You can
9: say that, but I can't. See, I would get in trouble because then you know Don Lemon is joking about violence, and blah, you have blah, blah, to. Blah, 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 we
0: blah. have to mock it. We have to mock the intention to demonize people <laughs> you have to mock it it's because so if hilarious. you go at
9: it straight you give it too much dignity yeah but i usually don't give it oxygen i oxygen i usually don't respond but i thought this one was the context was so egregious and they take the soundbite like just a little part that we say and not the context of the entire conversation but here's what i say run and tell this i do think that, the, that we need to look at the Electoral College because I think that it disenfranchises, disenfranchises voters, both Democrats and Republicans. If you're in a, in a blue state and all of the electoral uh, votes go to the Democratic person, then the Republicans' votes aren't counted. The people who voted for the Republican candidate. So I do think it should be looked at because I think it does disenfranchise certain people. Should it be abolished? That's not for me to say it. I'm saying this is what Democrats are saying. Stack the courts. Get rid of the Electoral College. But there is no nuance and no context anymore, so no. who really can?
13: The Justice Department has done a thing that is pretty alarming um, and seems... Uh, I don't know how it could be legal. They've decided to deem New York City, Portland, and Seattle three american cities to be anarchist jurisdictions ordering a review of federal funding to locales where violence has occurred during protests um, the justice department has cited city councils voting to cut police funding the refusal to prosecute protesters on charges like disorderly conduct and unlawful assembly and the rejection of federal intervention and injuries suffered by law enforcement officials as reasons why they condemn they they can designate these anarchist
20: jurisdictions what 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 is happening here <laughs> I mean, this is absurd, both factually and legally. Factually, the idea that the Attorney General of the United States is furthering this silly narrative about our cities, calling them anarchist, is preposterous to me. Um, As, you know, image after image on Instagram yesterday in Central Park and all over New York with people like walking their dogs like, this doesn't seem like anarchy to me, or the people getting parking tickets uh, and the like. Um, You know, I would expect the Attorney General and President to be a cheerleader for America instead of trying to tear it down, but that's what they seem to be bent on doing. And then legally, what they're trying to do is say, if you're a so-called anarchist city, we get to cut off federal funds to these cities, you know, including for health care, policing, all kinds of things. That is flatly unconstitutional every day of the week. They tried that with sanctuary cities, and I had the privilege of representing the city of Philadelphia and challenging that. And honestly, that was a layup. That wasn't a hard case to argue. The Supreme Court of Appeals, with conservative judges on it, said Barr and Trump acted unconstitutionally. They haven't learned their lesson. They're doing the same thing again. And the most telling fact is in their 1500 word memo on trying to justify this thing, not a single legal citation, not one
21: law is not adequate to respond to a tragedy. That is uh, quite a remarkable statement, a striking statement.
13: Well, listen, not only um, is he being intellectually dishonest about that, you know, I find all of his remarks with regards to this whole entire press conference offensive. And let me just speak to this whole celebrity influencer thing. While they can't speak for Kentuckians, let me say this is a black woman. He does not speak for black folks. He's skin folk, but he is not kin folk. And so just like he thinks they can't speak for Kentucky because he's up there with a black face, he does not speak for
1: all of us. This was not a tragedy. This was a murder. He should be ashamed of himself. I played the light skin again because why would you say something like that? Why? I mean, we talked about it on the show that there is a problem amongst amongst the black community with the light skin, dark skin, but he's not light skin. But that's what the left can get away with. They can talk about women that way, gays, transgenders, don't you know the 45% of gay guys that want to vote for Trump, they're probably getting thrashed. Because you don't break step. We know. What is wrong with you? You can't break lockstep. You have to do what you're fucking told. Literally, it, I found this tweet, Joe Biggs, I don't know who he is. Here's one of the cop shooters, big surprise. Because the guy's black. Do I blame them? No. But that's where we're going. When you make everybody a racist, it's, it's like, you know, people I've talked to, the friends that I've spoken with, well, if I'm already a racist, fuck it, I'll start saying shit that I wouldn't normally say. I mean, I'll never call somebody a racial slur, but I'm to the point where I'm saying thug left and right, and I don't give a fuck, and you already called me a racist. Ignorance coming out of my mouth uneducated. I'm Chuck Todd now. You're uneducated because every one of these protesters is getting paid to be a jackass. When you could get paid more not to be a jackass, you could maybe go to Chicago and fix the crime that's really happening in America. You could actually research the fucking case and find out that this is a tragedy. It's fucking horrible. It's what I said in the last podcast. The only one that fits the bill that they're talking about. But then when you dig and realize that she dates thugs, eventually cops are going to come to your house when you're with people that are fuckheads. And if you're allowing shipping, I mean, that crumb trying to lie that it, come on, get the fuck out of here. I talked to the postmaster. Who the fuck is going to be honest nowadays about anything? It's no different than Michael fucking Brown. Everybody went on camera and said, hands up, don't shoot. He was surrendering. They shot him in the face. They didn't say that he grabbed the gun and shot up the dashboard. They didn't say they beat the shit out of the cop. They didn't say any of that crap. The Wendy's. Instantaneously, all the race hustlers like Don Lemon saying we got to blow it up was blowing it up. They killed another black man. Then the video came out and all went to shit. Michael Brown. Then we fucking find out that every one of those witnesses weren't witnesses. When they actually got questioned, they were lying. Do I blame them? No, because look at the AG of Kentucky. If you're a black person right now and you're living a good life because you applied yourself and you worked hard and you're getting the benefit of America, that if you actually apply yourself, You can be successful. Are we all going to be millionaires? No. Are we all going to own our own company? No. Are we all going to be the best? No. But you'll be successful if you apply yourself. Show up to work. Do your fucking job. Don't be a fucking pain in the ass. You'll move up in a company. You'll mop and then you'll tell people to fucking mop. But could you go out there and say that there's not some systemic racism? No, because look how blacks are treated when they don't toe the party line. That we're all still in chains that Trump's going to put us back in chains. Oh, wait a minute, that was Romney. I said that about Romney. Reuters, demonstrations in Louisville wore on past nightfall in defiance of 9 p.m. curfew and remained mostly peaceful until several gunshots rang out in the midst of a skirmish between protesters and Arm and police. Not one media person said the cops are doing the right thing by not enforcing the curfew. Don Lemon had the balls to say... They're not enforcing the curfew. It was judgmental. But there's Rooters Rooters again. Mostly peaceful until cops got shot. Now understand if it was mostly peaceful until the cops shot tear gas. We see how they report that. It's like Afghanistan. We played that on the last podcast. Mostly peaceful, but the cops shot two armed, unarmed men or armed men or whatever. Oh my God. Cops shoot protesters at Mostly Peaceful. That's the headline. Not now. Joe Biden, Camelia Harris, Ari Hoffman, none of them spoke of the officer Caleb Hall. Joe Biden's inability to even address two police officers being hunted down and shot in the streets of Louisville tonight is exactly why it happened in the first place. Democrats have been dem- demoning police for months and now their followers are hunting them. Folks, in the last three weeks, we've had at least ten cops shot. Ten. They don't even make the news. The L.A. was a day. Cousin Eddie, I'm thinking about the two cops who were shot tonight, along with the two shot in Compton, which I had to look up. It's true. But you didn't see it. The Twitter hashtag, by the time they started getting violent, it was leading and then it went away. Just went the fuck away. You couldn't find the hashtag. It was no longer a Twitter moment. And now you have the the when you go to it, hashtag Brianna Taylor. No police were charged. It's a now this. They show the the protesters. At least forty-six people arrested in Louisville protested decision to not charge three officers. Protesters began mostly peaceful. Police articulate flashbangs. Two officers shot. to you catch it? Peaceful. Police's fault. They get shot. Got it. I'm not even reading the rest of it. I was going to go down all this, but I, I well, here's Jalen Rose, Black Fist. Attention ESPN and NBI on TNT. Why do you provide Jalen Rose and others uninformed employees a platform to lie about the facts pertaining to Brianna Taylor? Guess who Bre- Leo Terrell is. He's black. He's all black. Anazal Swan, Dim Force. We don't allow traitors, charlatans, and wannabe dictator women to be heard loud and clear in RBGB's name. And we'll hit that in our narrative. That was today. Promoted by the media, cheered by the Democrats. But it's getting worse everywhere. Here is Kyle Hooten. A Minneapolis area home was reportedly burned last night. And Biden 2020 Antifa anarchist symbol and BLM were found graffiti was found on the scene. Deanna Mola, this morning at 3.48 a.m., our house was targeted by BLM Antifa. We woke up to a loud explosion and saw that our camper was on fire, along with both of Dim's trucks, his garage, and our entire backyard. Thank God our main house is safe. We are safe. Our children are safe. Thank you so much to the Brooklyn Center Police Department, Minnesota, for helping us get our family out of the house, and a special thanks to Officer C. Jordan, I really hope that's his name, because I can't remember, and another officer and firefighter for saving our dogs. He said it was so hot they almost had to leave them. Thank you, God, we are alive and safe, and pray that justice is served. You know why it happened, boys and girls? Because they had a Trump... 2020 sign in their yard. Do you think anybody in the media covered that? I found it by Kyle Hooten finding it. Because we're not going to report about the two cops shot. We're not going to report about them doing another table side wokeness in Tampa, St. Pete to two grandma, a grandma, and a fucking grandpa. Oh, no. Stand up, back Fight going to report on rando dude taping himself with a nine-inch Rambo knife jumping out of his car and slashing a Trump sign on a major intersection. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to cover that. I mean, why the fuck would we cover that? Why? To the tableside wokeness, Josh Fabio. Protesters now going restaurant by restaurant to Chan at diners on Beach Drive in St. Pete. A lot of diners yelled back, started multiple conversations. This one was the most significant. Protesters protesters took over a couple tables. Not sure why they were targeting specifically The best worst part of this is the man blowing a shofar to celebrate a mob assaulting innocent people. Dan Gaynor, a typical leftist mob, gutter scum, cowards and trash. Cheryl Atkinson, from what I could tell at this point, you may as well call them get out the Trump vote patrol. Deebs. Petersburg is blue as fuck, but I'll bet they just changed a few votes to red by doing this shit. Marcus the Revenant. I actually love that they do this shit because they have no idea how awful this makes them look. And this is a great way for us to highlight how these rioters just want to bully and intimidate and they're fascist, Marxist scum. I want you to think about what would happen if Trump... Supporters actually acted like they are supposed to be acting. Fascists running around stopping people from getting abortions. Always with their guns lynching black people. A bunch of goddamn KKK white supremacist brown shirts. As I said in my last podcast, you might see that if Biden wins. They start doing their agenda. Maybe we'll be like them. Maybe that's what we need to do. Chuck Ross, y'all ever notice how you rarely see journals from the big outlets, New York Times, WAPO, MSDNC, CNN, Politico, calling out this protester's shitty behavior? No! They're too busy doing this. Stephen L. Miller, this country can't get out of the 1920s, says the African-American primetime host who sells books... With primetime national cable news show. And gets promoted despite racist and homophobic homophobic blog posts. Joy and I make up alt-right boogaloo bullshit. Damn, this was just Black Lives Matter decision. It was a Black Lives Don't Matter decision. It, it was an only White Lives Matter decision. My God, this country can't get out of the 1920s. Kyle Griffin. Reverend Sharpton. It does not deal with the fact that the life of Breonna Taylor was taken. does not address her being a victim of being killed. This, The value of her life is not at all addressed. When we say Black Lives Matter, this indictment says it does not matter. None of that's true. None of it's true. Linda Sassour, justice has not been served. Rise up all across the country, everywhere, rise up. And then she's spotted on the ground. Is that Linda Saucer? Yeah, she was out there rising the fuck up. Matt Walsh, BLM narrative versus reality, thread on open eye, must read is the article. BLM narrative is versus reality, a thread, narrative, Breonna Taylor was murdered in her sleep when cops bust in the door without knocking. Reality, nope. She was awake. The cops did knock and announce themselves, and her boyfriend shot at them first. Narrative. Jacob Blake was unarmed, shot by cops while trying to get into his car after stopping to break up a fight. Nope. Blake was harassing his alleged rape victim, was armed with a knife, and was reaching into his ex-girlfriend's car, which he was trying to fucking steal. Narrative. Dion K. was an unarmed child shot in the back by cops. Reality. Nope. He was a legal adult, a known gang member, and shot in the chest while running towards officers with guns drawn. Narrative. George Floyd was a law-abiding pillar of the community, was choked to death by cops. Reality. Nope. Floyd was a violent felon high on lethal dose of narcotics who died from cardiac arrest while being restrained After resisting arrest. Narrative. Ricardo Munoz was a mentally disabled man randomly gunned down outside his mother's house. Reality. Nope. He was trying to break into his mother's house and got shot because he chased after an officer with a fucking knife. Narrative. Michael Brown was a gentle giant murdered in cold blood while raising his hands and yelling, Don't shoot. Reality. Nope. Brown was a violent criminal who assaulted a cop and tried to steal his gun minutes after robbing a store and assaulting a cashier. But yeah, let's take these people seriously. Even the New York Times actually exposes violent protest. I want to kill cops. New York Times reporter Nellie Bowles has again committed journalism on the front page of Tuesday's edition, no less. She's a San Francisco-based tech reporter who had managed to provide close-up pictures of the real-time, real-world consequences of the often-violent destruction anti-American protests taking place in the Pacific Northwest. Her latest protesters pressure bystanders to choose side. Sorry, i got to flip screens here. I can't read it. The text box captured most of the gist movement divided by aggressive approach outside homes. she was mentioned she even mentioned some of the pamphlets at one rally why break windows I want to kill cops until I'm dead Peace now, peace later an anarchist introduction to firearms in defense of smashing cameras. And three-way fight: revolutionary anti-fascism, and arm self-defense. In August, Bowles documented the thuggish threats against small business owners by Seattle Antifa and other protesters. Now she turned her attention to the ongoing anarchist occupation of downtown Portland, with anecdotes that capture the anti-American flavor of the movement. Terrence Mo- Moses was watching protesters against police brutality marched down his quiet residential street one evening when some in the group of a few hundred suddenly stopped and started yelling. Mr. Moses was initially not sure what the protesters were upset about, but as he got closer, he saw it. His neighbors had an American flag. It went from a peaceful march calling out the names to all of a sudden, bang, how dare you fly the American flag? Mr. Moses who's black and runs a nonprofit group in Portland, Oregon area, they said take it down. They wouldn't leave. They said they're going to come back and burn the house down. Nearly 4 months after the killing of Floyd by Minneapolis police, some protesters against police brutality are taking a more confrontational, more personal approach. The marches in Portland are increasingly moving to residential and largely white neighborhoods where demonstrators with bullhorns shout for people to come out out of your house and in the street and demonstrate their support. Those these more aggressive protests target ordinary people going about their lives, especially those who decline to demonstrate allegiance in the cause. That includes a diner in Washington who refused to raise their fist to show support to Black Lives Matter, or in several cities, confused drivers who happened upon the protest. The same night the protesters came to the flag-flying couple's door last month, they marched into Kenton Commercial District and used restaurant picnic tables as fuel for fires. They collected the colorful wooden dividers of neighborhood Neighbors had recently built for outdoor dining and set those ablaze as well. Mr. Moses and others in the community ran into the protests with fire extinguishers. Some residents of Portland say the tactics are escalating as the protesters become increasingly dominated by white people, including anarchists and supporters of Antifa. The diffuse collection of militant left-wing activists and a strong presence in the region. Bowles looked in on BLM Portland event described as an autonomously organized direct act in March. They gathered in a unit park and residential neighborhood around eight PM. Everyone wore black, including some protesters who had on body armor and motorcycle helmets. They hastily set up picnic tables and supply booths in the parks using cell phones for light to showcase their goods. There was food table overflowing with protein bars and monster energy drinks. A small free literature section was set up on the grass and overseen by three people in a ski mask it was popular offering and people crowd around and cranking to see the pamphlets uh, let me see the three I already read those bowls closed with the antidote equal part revealing and pathetic one white man stepped into his patio clapping and hollering in support of passing marchers the group called him to join he smiled and waved to them on still clapping they began to chant that he was spineless he looked worried but the march moved along and he went back in the house you'll never sleep tight we do this every night the protesters chanted. I did a cliff note in the last podcast, but I thought, what the fuck? CNN still hasn't done it. They'll never do it. They'll fucking never do it. But neither will local media. and Ngo, that looks like Tennessee-based Anifam militant Corey Lemley directing people to the U-Haul. Truck containing antifa propaganda, riot gear, and Louisville, Kentucky. Laurie Lemmy, a Tennessee antifa militant, is extreme. He calls for violence against others. His Twitter account. That's this is allowed to be up. You you can't talk about anti-lockdown stuff. You know you can't talk about how the left is trying to fucking steal an election with vote at home and. Ballot harvesting when we're still finding out Wisconsin ballots are found in fucking ditches and shit. Can't talk about that. But he can talk about this. I will keep promoting violence against anyone promoting, advocating, or even aligning with conservatives, racist, fascists, capitalists, and anyone else who plays a role in oppressing the most vulnerable. Racism is violence. Capitalism is violence. Government is Violence. They, Channel 5, Nashville, even interviewed this cock. Good evening, everyone. President Trump has called Antifa a terrorist organization, and many blame the group for damage during protests in Nashville and across the country.
17: So, what is Antifa? Investigative reporter Ben Hall questioned a local Antifa activist
22: Do you support
23: violence?
24: I support self defense. Self-defense, it comes in many shapes and forms. 29-year-old Corey Limley's Facebook page urges people to join the anti-racist
23: movement Antifa. The group often takes a militant approach to protesting. Limley is pictured burning a flag on the night protesters set fire to Nashville's courthouse. With the post, I was afraid Nashville would not live up to this historic moment. I was proven wrong. What did you mean by that? You were afraid Nashville would not live up to this moment. What, What did you mean by that?
24: To basically take part in the fight that that the entire country and and many parts of the world are taking part in right now.
23: Lindley says he and others with Antifa were protesting that night, but says he did not set fire to anything but that flag. Is it okay to set the courthouse on fire?
24: I can't. I personally, my standards on what is acceptable and what's not does not matter. People will express anger and outrage in, in whatever way they see fit. This is way bigger than the courthouse, and if we allow ourselves to to box ourselves into talking about the courthouse, are we ever going to talk about the bigger issue?
23: He says the bigger issue is systemic racism. He's been in the news before, marching against white supremacists
24: in Charlottesville. I was in Charlottesville uh, with a... Um, a large Antifa network. He's such a lightning rod. When video surfaced
23: last week of a man allegedly paying protesters in Columbus, Ohio, some on social media incorrectly believed it was Limley and urged President Trump to have him arrested. He and others from Nashville did go to Louisville recently to protest there. Last year, he was arrested for disorderly conduct at Montgomery Bell State Park, protesting a white nationalist conference there.
24: We put our bodies in front of the park uh, trying to keep uh, Nazi attendees from from getting in the park. Unlike others with Antifa, he does not cover his face. He says Antifa,
23: which is short for anti-fascist, has loose networks across the country.
24: There is no Antifa organization. There is no Antifa meetings. Uh, There are groups out there who have banded together to uh, confront white supremacy and fascism in all forms. (laughs) He sees recent
23: protests as an opportunity for real change. On the day after Nashville's courthouse burned, he wrote, You will not get peace until we get justice. And riots and uprising keep the system in check. These will continue until injustice no longer
24: exists. They will express frustration and rage however they see fit. We can't control it. Are you stoking those flames, though? I am stoking a fight to change the system. And that fight will will happen when I'm long gone.
23: Limley says dramatic change has never come from peaceful protests. How does bashing in windows on small businesses
24: help advance your cause? Disenfranchised youth are out in the streets right now who who do not care about politics, who do not watch the news, who have been feeling this system, who have been victims of this system. He says those responsible
23: for damage in Nashville were acting out of their own frustration over racial and economic injustice. He says he's never met those who police have arrested so far for setting the courthouse on fire. Metro Police Chief Steve Anderson has not said if organized
24: groups were responsible for the violence. They need a scapegoat and they want to deflect the topic from racism and white supremacy and their own ideology and, and, and turn it into property damage.
23: A Metro Councilman says Antifa should pay for the damage to the Metro Courthouse, but that has gone nowhere. Nashville protests since that night have been peaceful. Ben Hall, News Channel 5, investigates. That
1: network just recently did everything they could to spin for Mayor Cooper, basically trying to accentuate any fucking bar that ever got a COVID outcome to defend them, have done everything to say cops are bad and align themselves with Antifa. And it would never happen for a lockdown protest. In our country right now, business owners that have remained open have been treated like they're fucking part of the SS. I guess they're not patriotic. They don't have the right to have their freedom of speech. People who own bakeries and don't want to do gay cakes. Oh, they're pariahs. They're doxxed. But... The gay baker who wouldn't do a religious cake, it didn't even make the news. It won't go to the Supreme Court. They won't listen to that case. Julio Rosa, as a BLM crowd chanted, if we didn't get it, burn it down. They have marched outside the barricade zone of Louisville and have shut down traffic in the intersection. One person shouted at the Louisville police, all y'all get ready to fucking die. My fave word question. They would have protested if the ruling had been the other way around anyway. Under the guise we were right all along, so let's riot in celebration. Others. Too bad this was all planned before there was any announcement. My empathy is wearing thin. I'm getting very weary. No time for due process, it seems. Recruiting police is going to be a real problem. What these people want is not justice. What they want is revenge for what they hallucinate happened. And that is an incredible tweet. Just fucking incredible. Matt in Oregon sends us another story. Portland Park denies permit for Proud Boy rally in North Portland City Commissioner Amanda Fritz said that the rally of right-wing groups would violate social distancing guidelines during COVID. But BLM and Antifa have open permits to just, yeah, do whatever you want. So in our blow-up, we heard some chuckling. Here's Colbert doing the New York Times version. and and I play it at the end of our violent left, which I put on the front of this section, just so you can hear all those people talking, and then the media talking, and you can do the math. You know, this is them. This is their shit. If anybody goes to polls this year and doesn't think, Democrats, media built this, and you actually believe that it's Trump's fault, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. That's all I've got to say. I'm going to be a liberal. You don't have the right to vote because you're a fucking moron. But that'll never happen in our country, thank God. Colbert played the fuck-fuck goose about how safe it is before nightfall in New York City.
25: The battle was going to be the craziest part of our government. The Justice Department said, hold my beer. And Kavanaugh said, gladly. (laughs) Because yesterday, in an official statement, the Department of Justice named New York City Portland and Seattle, anarchist jurisdictions. Anarchist jurisdictions, do you know what that means? I'm going to guess no, because it's a made-up term. It's all just part of Trump's crackdown on cities that have protesters. The Justice Department has identified these three cities as having permitted violence and destruction of property and are now at risk of losing federal dollars. So, New York is a kid. And Bill Barr is basically saying, no allowance until you clean up your room, except the kid in question gives the parents $116 billion more in lemonade sales than the kid gets back. And I know that's not a perfect analogy, but what do you want from me? I'm living in an anarchist jurisdiction. And the anarchy is everywhere. I barely got in here tonight. I had to wade through the corpses. Just look at the scene in front of the Ed Sullivan Theater. Oh, my God. Look at the mayhem. That's a one-man bike gang. Okay, there's a cop. They're running away. The cops are driving away from that delivery man who just showed up with who knows what? A dirty bomb? Okay, he heard me just describe him, so he's running away now because he knows I'm on to him. Well, okay, look, okay, those two guys both have masks. I don't know what thats up Some sort of sex thing, I think. It's a late show with Stephen Colbert. I've heard bad things about that guy. And what? Okay, what's this? coming around the corner. That's a Brinks truck. Oh, now it's so dangerous to New York. They have to deliver the money in an armored van what's that, what's that golden M there? Does that stand for mayhem? Help us! As I was saying before we looked at the flaming hellscape just outside these
1: doors, Trump was in Ohio spraying spittle at his fans, and the... Com- He's a fucking douche nozzle. And then brought to you by the Lincoln Project... Follow-up for Tuesday, this man in the photo was a victim, according to Louisville Metro Police Department. There was a woman in the crowd who had pointed her gun at him. Her actions are all on video because there was a police helicopter hovering over the protests. See the gun? The woman, a felon, was arrested. Let's make him famous, says Lincoln Project. Traverse, Travis Allen, a Trump supporter, attempted to run over peaceful protesters in Louisville. They then pulled out a gun and threatened to kill them. Twitter, please help me identify this man. Courier-Journal... Louisville protester pushed back after LMPD releases video of gun confrontation. Robert Ash, 34, was arrested without incident, according to LMPD Facebook. Metro Corrections records show she faces a uh, felony charge of wanton endangerment, criminal mischief, and possession of a handgun by a convicted felon. Ash problem? It's all on video of a police helicopter hovering over the protest. Yesterday, during the protest activity in Hurstbourne, Shelby Road area, individuals were observed surrounding and inflicting damage on a vehicle at the traffic light of Hurstbourne Parkway. During this event, a woman who was participating in the protest pointed a handgun at the occupant in the vehicle, placing him and others in extreme danger. This occurred at 32nd Mark. Fortunately, officers were able to move the crowd away and took her into custody a short time later without incident. Please see the video. Air unit. Courier Journal again. Some of the crowd want to know why the driver wasn't taken into custody as well, as police say the man was a victim in the encounter. LMP spokesman Lamont Washington said in an emailed statement that the driver was not arrested because he was a victim in the incident. No charges against him were expected. He was, however, fired. Although there was no charges, the man' employer decided to fire him. A statement from American Air Filter Flanders Company said, AAF Flanders support the right to peacefully assemble as an expression of free speech. and our view, the actions of this individual show poor judgment and are inconsistent with the core values of our company. As such, this individual is no longer with the company. Here's the angle that protesters say somehow vindicates Ash. And they show a video. Lucas Albach, Two guns, two videos, and a lot of questions. Protesters explained what they saw. Kristen Pierce, I wasn't even thinking about my life in that moment. I wasn't thinking about everyone else that was around me, Which I why I drew my weapon. And she's planning on suing, because why not? Ash's attorney, David Moore, said he's going to sue the officers involved in the case for malicious prosecution to this lady. I'm going to sue them for slander and defamation. The company, scared of the repercussions of the fucking mob, BLM and what Democrats do to people who stand up for themselves, has gotten a guy fired for standing his ground. The very reason they're saying Breonna Taylor had every right, her boyfriend, to shoot at the cops. Because it's not about the law, boys and girls. It's about what little letter you have behind your fucking last name. If it's an R or an I, go fuck yourself. If it's a Democrat, you can do whatever you fucking want to do. So let's go to narrative and we'll close this out with Tucker Carlson. He had a good section on it, sorry.
4: If we simply act On emotion or outrage there is no justice mob justice is not justice justice sought by violence is not justice
16: mob justice is not justice that used to be the most obvious possible observation particularly coming from someone in the south which for a long time had a problem with mob justice you probably thought we all agreed that was bad You probably heard the attorney general of Kentucky say that and think, hmm, that sounds sensible to me. But over at CNN, they were enraged. CNN knows that mob justice isn't just worth having. In fact, it's the substance of the Democratic platform in 2020. So they attacked him for saying it. Watch this.
11: I question the judgment of the Kentucky Attorney General saying, quote, mob justice is not justice. He said it becomes revenge. That word, the mob, and the president having said that if Joe Biden wins, the mob. We know this is very politically loaded language. Look at yourself
16: in the mirror, CNN anchor. What are you doing? You know what you're doing. You're encouraging violence criticizing violence is quote, very politically loaded language. She's scolding us, really? That's what they're saying. You will hear CNN anchors lecture, Kentucky's attorney general, for calling out rioters for destroying businesses. But you won't hear them say a word about what aired on
13: MSNBC today. We were watching, here it is. Your death is irrelevant to the law in the state of Kentucky. Your death doesn't matter. Your life doesn't matter. This was a black lives don't matter ruling.
19: If you're not safe in your house and you're not safe on the streets, WTF, I mean, where do we go from here?
9: Yeah, yeah. you're not safe anywhere because because I can't go anywhere, Nicole. If I go jogging, I could end up like a Ahmaud Arbery. You can't go anywhere if you're black. It's all such
16: a lie. It's a lie, it's a demonstrable lie. The statistics don't back it up. The experience of your life, no matter what color you are, doesn't back it up. And the fact that hundreds of thousands of people every year move here who are black to the United States is living refutation of what they just said. Nothing about that is true. And they know it's not true. The guy who said it had a Ph.D. You can't go anywhere if you're black. Yeah, he says from a TV studio. But that's the unified message of the american media again they know it's not true they know that taylor didn't die in a no-knock police raid her death is sad it's a tragedy but it wasn't an act of racism there's no evidence for that and if there was we would admit it but they don't care all they care about is getting enough people to believe that this dystopia that is they describe is real why it's an election year if enough property burns If enough public streets are impassable, in the end, people may decide I'll vote for Joe Biden to make it stop. But what then? If Joe Biden wins on November 3rd billion dollar corporations like Hearst will be fine. The billionaires paying for all of this, stocking the U-Haul with riot supplies will be fine. But where will you be? You'll be on your own.
15: Poking at the media bubble, one podcast at a time. Here's
6: Tony Reid. Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away If you can use
26: some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come on and fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away
5: When the media becomes part of one party No longer have news We have
8: America
27: Curious how you're planning to go about making your amends To the dead
8: To the dead With your
21: DeBrasso pointed out, I prefer another thing she said recently, which was she thought the number of the Supreme Court
0: ought to be nine.
1: And in honor of Rich in Alabama, we'll be doing this like a NPR show, all things considered. But we're going to call it Myth Busting, the podcast. Because as Tucker Carlson rightly said, you are on your own for our lead into narrative is people protesting McConnell again. And then Maju Raju from CNN going after him because we're all supposed to believe that a woman dying from metastatic pancreatic cancer is literally thinking about her replacement instead of, oh my God, I don't want to die. But more on that later, for we will go into some of the Ruth Bader Ginsburg that is filling our news day. Czar Beckett Adams says CNN Maju Raju asked McConnell why RBG can't dictate the SCOTUS nomination beyond the grave. I guess pressing the Senate Majority Leader on Dying Wish Clause of the US Constitution is a step up for Raju camping outside Senator's office to demand they disavow things he read on Twitter. <laughs> Our next section is going to be Crushing Conservative for Placing Righteous Ruth. It is from Media Research Center, a horrible right wing rag that is so unfair to these beautiful liberals. Because remember, I'm on NPR right now, and NPR is all about taking your tax dollars and supporting liberal causes. All of them. It doesn't matter what the cause is. Pedophilia, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're down with that. They're all down with pedophilia. They believe minor attractive person, or MAP, should be underneath the LGBT umbrella. So from our correspondent, Jeffrey Dickens, here is a short list, and then we'll play a long soundbite of crushing conservatives. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed tearfully, the liberal journalist, according to his wife, ABC News anchor George Snuffleupagus, cried for 45 minutes, eulogized the Supreme Court justice as a pioneer and improbable pop icon, who, as MSDNC's Brian Williams deemed, was blessed with an extra type of divine righteousness. However, it wasn't long before their sadness turned to rage. MSDNC host Rachel Maddow declared Ginsburg's death a feminist catastrophe. But there's much, much more. We're going to go down the list. First was What's a Legacy, Pop Icon, Things They Never Said About, Antonio Scalia. What a life it was. What a legacy it was. Justice Ginsburg, one of those Americans, and there aren't many really who, through force of character and her brilliant intellect, was able to expand our understanding of those bedrock constitutional ideas. They say equality and liberty, but really it was about dismembering babies and sucking them through a vacuum that has razor blades. Because it was abortion. That was Terry Moran on Good Morning America. Yeah. A tale of headlines. A pioneer devoted to equality. Washington Post. Supreme conservative dismayed liberals. Yeah. That was for Scalia. Brian Williams... Blessed with an extra time of divine righteousness. We covered it. ABC News host in tears. George Stuffolevacus. Chilling and horribly poetry. I think, I, I think they're meant to say poetic. Chris Hayes losing her. Ginsburg. At this point, a day after yet another woman came forward to say President of the United States sexually assaulted her. What does it mean to you? Well, it means just like Ford, you guys have a whole bunch of women that you pay. To say somebody had sexual assault with them, but when Biden ass rapes a young lady, they would never say that on NPR. Rich, you're right. Um, we ignore it, and me too goes by the window. Yeah, Rachel Maddow's on here. Jonathan Capehart's on here. Justin Cole or Stephen Colbert, excuse me. Rob Reiner, John Kusack, and Jim Carrey round out crushing conservatives. A great soundbite. That is goes well with a nice rosé and a bucket of government cheese because we're Democrats. We're on the dole.
22: We're showing some pictures right now on the screen of uh, you and Justice Ginsburg together. Um, there was... Around the time of the Merrick Garland nomination, um, after Justice Scalia died, who, of course, was Justice Ginsburg's very close friend on the court, despite their ideological distance. They shared a love of opera and they got along and they enjoyed dissenting against each other's opinions. Uh, When Justice Scalia died and the Republicans made that decision that they would not allow President Obama's nominee to even be considered in the Senate. Um, And that is um, how after that election we ended up in 2016, your election, we ended up Um, with Justice Gorsuch instead of Justice Merrick Garland. Um, I think a lot of the emotion around that in the country was in part that the Republicans and Mitch McConnell had done something that really did feel like it broke the system, that really did feel like just a small D anti-democratic assault on the process. Uh, But it also felt like a feminist catastrophe um, in In you not becoming the first woman president, despite Justice Ginsburg's fervent belief that you would be. That was part of how she explained that she didn't retire during the Obama years. Um, But also then for that that Supreme Court seat um, to go and for the court to go that much further to the right. And then for us all to be praying for Justice Ginsburg's health uh, in a way we never had before because of the balance of the court. It all just feels mixed together together. with so much emotion beyond the politics here. I have to ask if if you feel any of that yourself or if you're you're too close to it to see it some other way that all of us feel it.
17: It's the world's most chilling and horrible poetry. I mean, this has been the project of the American right wing um, since uh, the great social Movements and political and legal shifts of the mid 20th century has been to reverse all that progress. The road to making abortion everything but technically illegal is is open, and and we're traveling down it already. So the major legal um, victories of the mid 20th century, this has been the project of the Republicans. And yes, there is a horrifying poetry that this is happening. That this moment should not be a moment at which anybody thinks. Okay, it's over. And that is an instinct, right? That's an instinct. I I have had it within the past hour. (laughs) One of the easiest things to think in this moment is, well, that's it. It's done, right? It cannot be. It is only done if everybody says, well, it's done. There's nothing we can do. Because... The fight that has to happen, and it has to happen from the Democratic Party, it has to happen within the Senate, it has to happen around public opinion, it has to happen around the expression of refusal to permit these systems to be perverted and corroded in the way that they have been, that got us to this point. Remember that if Barack Obama had been able to appoint his justice, this would not mean the thing it does now, right? And that was a breaking of how this country works. And we have to fight harder against that. There has been a denialism, including in the Democratic Party, about how hard Republicans were willing to fight to get what they wanted. And those who are horrified and chilled to their bones tonight, in addition to being agonizingly sad and scared, need to remember that. What got us to this moment was a right wing that was willing to fight as hard as hell over a period of decades. When everything seemed stacked against them, they fought and they got here. Where the death of one 87 year old woman is, is, you know, has the possibility of determining, you know, 50 years ahead of us. And what those of us who are horrified in this moment have to be ready to do and willing to do is think about creative, energetic, driven ways to maintain.
28: Uh, Justice Ginsburg, as has already been said this hour, famously said she had three strikes against her when out of law school and looking for work. Uh, she was a woman. She was a working mom and she was a Jew. And I'd like to begin by talking about her Jewish faith, which was so important to her, I was reminded tonight that in the Jewish, Jewish faith, those who die on Rosh Hashanah are believed to be uh, blessed with uh, an extra type of divine righteousness. It was um, deeply a part of who she was as a thoroughly modern figure and as a woman like Justice O'Connor, despite having sterling first class credentials, a huge intellect, uh, had such a hard time breaking in
23: and isn't it amazing that it was all the day before yesterday uh... we're honoring a woman who faced those barriers uh... twenty minutes ago and like john lewis uh... like justice o'connor uh... someone who we were able to watch move from a place of exclusion and of limited opportunity to the pinnacle of power, and once at the pinnacle of power, always remembered from whence she came and how she had to open the path for others. And I think that part of the legacy here uh, for Justice Ginsburg is her life now becomes part of a living debate in the life of the country.
19: (laughs) George runs out, by the way, with the wallet, and me and our two girls, Elliot and Harper, just sitting at this restaurant for 45 minutes, enraged that he's just left us. So then I go outside, I see George pacing on the street, and I'm like, George! And he's going like this to me, which that means, like... I'm talking serious. to a lawyer. No, yeah. yeah, right. And I come back in. We're getting upset. We keep going out. Daddy, daddy bugging him. He's live on ABC talking about oh, Ruth Oh, doing Gidler. a phone-in. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. right. And okay. you didn't know. And I okay. didn't know. Okay. And I'm with the girls going, well, I hope she's worth it. I hope, <laughs> you know, I hope that whatever woman he's seeing, I hope this is. <laughs> we finally get in the car. Me and the girls get in the car. We're waiting, 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 waiting. He finally comes in. He burst into tears. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Oh. My two daughters, Bert, we sat there in the parking lot crying for 45 minutes. I'm going to start crying again. And, I really am. Mariska Hargitay gave my 18-year-old daughter, Elliot, this doll, her emotional oh. support doll. And Elliot gave it to me over the weekend. Here you Aww. go, sister.
7: Thank
2: you very much. Anyway,
19: i right George was crying about the brisket, but it in was, turn, it really yeah. was about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Absolutely. So that was my Friday night.
26: Good morning, Witt. And what a life it was. What a legacy it was. The flags here uh, at Half Staff. People still gathering here in the Just after dawn light at the Supreme Court, Justice Ruth Ginsburg, one of those Americans, and there aren't many really, who through force of character and her brilliant intellect was able to expand our understanding of those bedrock constitutional ideals, equality and liberty. She was born into a very different America where liberty and basic opportunity and human dignity for women look very, very different than they do today. And that change came about in large part because of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Her character, her intellect, her fierce determination to see the words equality and liberty made real for Americans changed America. Overnight crowds gathered on the steps of the Supreme Court to mourn the passing of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg at 87 years old. So many young people there saying goodbye to a most improbable pop icon. Ginsburg dealt with complications from metastatic pancreatic cancer. She spent her last moments surrounded by family at her home in Washington, D.C. Tributes pouring in overnight. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi writing, Every woman and girl, and therefore every family in America, has benefited from her brilliance. Former President Bill Clinton, who appointed her, saying, Her landmark opinions moved us closer to a more perfect union. Ginsburg's life was astonishing. Justice Ginsburg, barely five feet tall, a diminutive woman who fought through barriers of discrimination and became a giant of American law and American life. All I ask of our brethren
7: is that they take their feet of our necks
26: the notorious rbg she came to be known by a younger generation only the second woman named to the supreme court serving there for more than a quarter century her path to the highest court in the land was not easy as one of the few women at harvard law school she then faced discrimination after graduating from columbia in the 1950s
11: she was one of nine women in a class of 500 she was
26: tied for first in her class and the big New York City law firms just weren't hiring women. So, Ginsburg turned to civil rights law, and she engineered a brilliant legal strategy, arguing and winning five cases before the Supreme Court, fighting discrimination against women in the workplace and elsewhere in society. Ginsburg went on to serve as a federal appeals court judge in the nation's capital. Until that life, Ginsburg went on to serve as a federal appeals court judge. I am proud to nominate for Associate Justice of the Supreme Court Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The Senate confirmed her in a sweeping 96 to 3 vote, and she quickly began making her mark in historic cases.
29: We need to act in solidarity and protection for the most vulnerable people in our society who have already experienced the violent repercussions of this administration. Couple
11: that, Michael, with what you were just saying about a woman's right to choose and, and be the uh, designator of what she does with her body. Um, do you think that this is the event, the loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that unites progressives and moderates? Is this
2: Supreme Court vacancy, is that going to motivate Democrats from all corners to vote for Joe Biden?
18: Yes, absolutely. I think that this is a lot of what I've watched on cable news this weekend um, There seem to be a lot of people thinking that this is going to help Trump, that this will inspire his base. No, uh, the majority of the population, uh, the majority gender is women. And women are going to vote by at least 10 percentage points over men in this election. Uh, They've made a a big mistake uh, going after this and, and doing it in such a kind of cruel way after she's not even dead for 24 hours, and, and they were already on it. Um, I think that this is going to have a huge impact, and Alexandria is correct. This isn't about whether we like Joe Biden or not. This is about saving our democracy. And um, <clears throat> I just want to say just in the last minute here, uh, I'm I assuming Joe Biden's going to speak shortly, Yeah. Um, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg made two very important requests in her career 50 years ago 40 50 years ago at the beginning when she first stood in front of the supreme court as a lawyer on a gender discrimination case she said i have one request here and and that is not to ask favor for my gender it is simply to ask our brethren men to please take your feet off our necks That was, a requ- that was a request 40, 50 years ago. Her request this week, just before she died, was to was to say, "Please, my fervent wish is that that I not be replaced until we have a new president, whoever the president is, on November 3rd. That when that president takes office, that is who should replace me. That was her last and only request. Oh. We need to honor that." this last request of hers. We all need to take a pledge to do that. And especially men, because we're not affected personally by Roe v. Wade. So it's even more incumbent upon us to stand up and speak up for women's rights and to keep the grubby hands of the Republican Party and the Christian right off the bodies of women who have their own right to decide what they wanna do. I think that that is just so crucial right now we haven't honored her first request yet from 50 years ago. We still haven't taken our feet off women's necks. That's why they're so anxious to get in there right now and get this justice, this right winger in there and, and get rid of Roe v. Wade, because that's what they want. Yeah. Keep the feet on the necks of women. What consequences are
13: Senate Democrats willing to put on the table? Um, will, Senate, will Senate Democrats consider um, expansion of the court? putting more members on as neil katyal said democrats would have every right to do um immediately making dc a state adding more senators what cocktail last night said to me and i believe said on other programs on msnbc that democrats would be well within their rights to start packing the court um there was a threat when they thought hillary clinton was going to win that they said they would filibuster her, her supreme court picks for four or eight years that they had to mm-hmm. to keep any democrat from ever filling so this is now on the table democrats right need to respond in kind, right? I mean, do you see any other option?
9: No, uh, Democrats can't just threaten. They have to mean it. They have to mean it when they say we are going to get rid of the filibuster rule if you do this, that we are going to add uh, Supreme Court seats or or justices to the Supreme Court if you do this. And I think there are a whole lot of other things that could be added to the, the threat list, it's time for Democrats to step up and use everything in their power to ensure that if Mitch McConnell and President Trump do what we all believe and know they're going to do, that there will be a price to pay no matter who wins the election in November.
13: Absolutely. Uh, it's Saturday. So you can get a Seventh-day Adventist. Amen. Uh, I'm going to explore every avenue
27: to stop Mitch McConnell from stealing yet another Supreme Court seat.
13: And does that include potentially making it clear that Democrats will vote on D.C. statehood and Puerto Rico statehood immediately upon taking power and taking control of the Senate, um, that expanding the Supreme Court, as Neil Katyal and others have said, would be a completely legitimate response, saying, OK, there'll be 15 seats on the Supreme Court now. Um, that's going to happen um, if he goes for this um, and in getting rid of the filibuster in the next United States Senate.
25: All of those matters will be on the agenda, but first. But Americans didn't get any time to mourn this great justice because less than two hours after we learned of Ginsburg's death, we heard from Senate Majority Leader and neutered dog sack (laughs) Mitch McConnell, who said President Trump's nominee will receive a vote on the floor of the United States Senate. He couldn't even wait till the morning. McConnell isn't the only fragrant hypocrite, so is South Carolina senator and sad, wet corn muffin remembering when he used to be Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Of course, ultimately, Republican senators have no honor, so they don't care if we call them hypocrites. It's like the fifth victim saying to Jack the Ripper, hey, you keep stabbing me in the chest, buddy. You're really going to start to seem like a murderer. I mean, in the public's eyes, I understand all the pressure you must be under to keep standing.
1: I think I might stay with the all-things-considered theme bite of, of uh, NPR. It's so good. There's more articles out there that Amy Coney Barrett, a Catholic Jesus batshit cult, has Handmade tales. Newsweek did it. Others have done it now. And it's getting to the point where you really got to ask yourself, how low will the left go? We, we said that Kavanaugh was an ass rapist. And now we're saying that she is a dirty, dirty Catholic. Bruce Coleridge Taylor Wright, it's also hard to ignore how RBG only had two black law clerks. Well, that surfaced because in the fallout of losing RGB or RBG or whatever they say about a lady who's a Supreme Court justice and is supposed to be not political, hint, hint, she only had two black people ever work for her. That's over 20 years, my friends. But she's down with the cause. A picture was taken with all of her people. So maybe she wasn't this great liberal person. I can't do it anymore. I tried, Rich. I can't do the... I'll do the NPR theme, but we're going to unleash on some of this. Because this this Connie Barrett stuff... It even has Obama's director of faith outreach going, what the hell? Susan Hennessy, Republicans will spend the next 42 days claiming that the party led by Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, the party whose second-last confirmed SCOTUS justice is Sonia Sotomayor, are anti-Catholic bigots. That doesn't mean we have to take those claims remotely seriously for even a second. And then the world tweeted at her The Newsweeks and Rooters, a U.S. Supreme Court candidate's religious community, under scrutiny. Obama's 2012 director of faith. Speechless. Just absolutely shameless. That's what she said. Michael Weir. Donald Trump is the most toxic politician in the country, and he faces a reelection in six weeks. While the media and too many progressives want to focus on Catholic Mother of Seven, who is only significant in this moment because of most toxic polit- politician in the country. But it goes back to the AG in Kentucky. She's not a woman because she is conservative or perceived to be conservative. Ryan J. Riley, who works for HuffPost, a justice reporter. Meanwhile, on Fox News, it does seem that anti-Catholic bigotry is the last acceptable prejudice in America. This was Laura Ingram's claim, and it is, by any possible measure, wholly annulled from reality. That's a Catholic joke. I attended Catholic school for 17 years and worked on record for five, and now work in the D.C. journalism world for decades. Still looking out for signs of anti-Catholic bigotry. We'll report back. If you're going to run a segment claiming a rise in anti-Catholic Catholicism pinned to a potential Supreme Court nominee, it seems like you should probably note that three-fourths of the Supreme Court is Catholic. Some Catholics are super eager to claim victimhood while simultaneously denigrating the faith of other Catholics. Is anti-Catholic bigotry still a thing in America? Of course it is. In 2020, remotely comparable to other extreme prominent forms of bigotry? Not even remotely. The whole world tweeted, Newsweek checkmate shut the fuck up and all our sound bites that we have been playing in reference to are you troubled that she's a catholic could it be a problem that she's a catholic hey do you know she's a catholic i mean they do it over and over it's so bad i'll play just a quick thing i don't know if that's catholic a minute um Brian Williams seeing patriotism and opposing the court NBC and ABC mourning that the Dems might not be able to stop it but it's been so ugly that Ted Cruz came out and bashed CBS for the media coverage it's just been fucking horrible
28: Uh, Lonnie about uh, your former boss Mitt Romney uh, what's the chance he gathers up all of his courage and patriotism and joins collins and murkowski
10: the president's already made it clear that he's not going to respect the the fervent wish in the words of uh, ruth bader ginsburg herself that it would be the next president the next president
20: who would ultimately determine who would replace her on the court
9: democrats realizing they they have no mechanism to stop uh, the nomination of an and an confirmation of another supreme a replacement Supreme Court justice
17: they really don't have very many options, Lester, and uh, I get the sense that there is a sense of sadness in some ways that's settled in with Democrats who realize theres nothing they can do to give Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, her dying wish, as well as a continued current of anger for that same reality, and Mitch McConnell is pressing forward with a confirmation hearing and likely a vote possibly even before election day again over the objections of that dying wish of ruth bader ginsburg that the next president should pick whoever was to succeed her on the court. I think uh, for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's supporters and admirers on the left, especially many women across this country, it has been a week full of uh, anguish and also outrage to fill her seat. President Trump making it clear he wants this seat before election day. Democrats here effectively powerless to stop this.
9: Here's what a few Senate Republicans said then about filling a seat on the high court in the heat of a campaign.
21: The Senate will appropriately revisit the matter after the American people finish making in November the decision they've already started making today.
16: If
25: there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term you can say Lindsey Graham said let's let the next president, whoever it might be, make that nomination and you could use my words against me and you'd be absolutely
21: right. It has been 80 years sit since, since a Supreme Court vacancy was nominated and confirmed in an election year, there is a long tradition that you don't do this in an election year.
23: Republican Senator Ted Cruz is a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, so he'll be part of the confirmation hearings. He's also on the president's list of prospective nominees made before this vacancy on the court. Senator Cruz, good morning. Those were your words four years ago. You don't believe that anymore? Well, good morning. It's,
21: it's good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you, you know, it's interesting. If you look at the debate four years ago, every single political player has switched positions. I looked at your clip of politicians from 2016. You know who you didn't play? Joe Biden. You didn't pay, play Hillary Clinton. You didn't play Nancy Pelosi. You didn't play Chuck Schumer. Why? Because every one of them is saying exactly the opposite of what they're saying now. Everyone has switched positions and so the whole the whole promo you're pushing about hypocrisy, if you want to say it, you could say everybody involved in this is a hypocrite. Now way, is that okay by the way we have actually
23: said that on this broadcast
24: yes, but, yeah. but that but that doesn't but, but, but I listened
21: to your promo and you only played the words of Republicans. I saw your tweet Saying Ted Cruz, why has he switched his positions? And I'm curious when you have Chuck Schumer or Joe Biden on, does your tweet say we lo- we why Joe come Biden we'd love but, to have but, them on? But but did you
1: tweet and say why did they change positions? We've and I'm they there's actually they changed a reason. Positions so while the left is over here saying that she was linked to a group that inspired the handmaids, NPR which I'm supposed to be talking to right now, in a soft, slow voice, with fancy words. And weird music breaks. They ran a story on Biden's deep faith. And it was so bad, it sounded like a commercial.
19: A sacred belief. An indispensable truth. Catholics everywhere know. All life is sacred. We must fight against a legislative agenda that supports and even celebrates destroying life in the womb. Joe Biden would force American Catholics to pay for abortions, sacrificing his Catholic values to kneel before the leftist mob. Biden-Harris, the most anti-life presidential ticket ever. Learn the truth about Joe Biden's radical stance on abortion at catholicvote.org.
1: So a guy that can't even take communion... Because he's so about live birth abortion. No, 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 no. He's a Catholic. This is like the third time we played a, a clip on how Catholic this Catholic is. But I'm not buying it. I call it fucking bullshit. Simultaneously on NPR, a spike in coronavirus cases at the University of Illinois, Urbane champaign now calling into question whether any amount of testing and safety precautions would make it safe to reopen. The New York Times ran with it, and then the actual guy who runs it, and here we go, myth busting. Three weeks ago, everyone was bashing the University of Illinois for having the audacity to run an in-person semester at a large state school, developing an in-house testing program to test 10,000 students. Particular vitriol and decent were directed at the physicist involved, Nick. Nigel Goldfield and Sergi Maslow. The narrative was that these guys errantly came in, took over the epidemiologist's job and botched it. This was bullshit. Can't believe this guy works for the school, but good for him. Why? It seems that the massive testing program found lots of cases upon entry and before it could influence transmission. And students partied even after test positive. Newspapers ate it up. Even the New York Times. So what happened? Did the Illinois Alma epidemic spiral out of control? Not at all. The plan worked. They now tested 10,000 people a day with positive rates below a half a percent, but they had to take more drastic steps to reduce it on-campus activity. Indeed, they did. And a week ago, they started relaxing again without ill effect yet. Surveillance and rapid response are part of a reasonable plan that they did this and it worked was a huge success. But you wouldn't know it if you read the newspapers, or even Twitter. Mass condemnation two weeks ago Then radio silence, not just unjust to researchers who were pilloried for their part in the triumph. It perpetuates a false narrative that control is impossible. That's the one they want. That's the narrative they want. So you have to stay at your house and they can steal the election. Even if people didn't feel they owe anybody an apology and the rest of the team an apology, dropping this story when it turns for better is a disservice to everyone. Huge credit to school like Illinois and Air Force Academy and others who put smart, innovative people on their campus in charge of figuring out workable strategy and stuck with them. Now the rest of the schools and many others don't need to be smart and innovative. They just need to follow it. Is UIC completely in the clear now? Of course we don't know that. If there's anything should remember about pandemics is that prediction is hard and things could change on a dime. But we're seeing great signs so far. Jay Rosen the thread. The huge blast of negative press was unjustified. I urge media outlets who contributed to them to provide updates on the situation. They will never do it. Because it's all about narrative. It's all about narrative. We must keep everybody scared and locked down so we can run our plan to steal an election. I mean, anybody with an IQ above a fucking potato Knows what they're doing. They even outright say it. They've had people say it. But when you go through all this freaking COVID shit from Florida to Tennessee, it's all been lies. It's been interns inflating the numbers. And then when you actually break down the death rates, people without pre-existing conditions are null. Other news. This is being carried by the entire media. It's on purpose. I've watched the show. The West Wing reunion will double as a Go TV Get Out the Vote PSA featuring Michelle Obama, Bill Clinton, and Hillary Clinton. And don't you think everybody on there isn't doing this reunion for the sole purpose of trying to get Biden voted and own Trump. The whole show was just a one long jerk fest for democratic politics and ideas. And if you didn't watch the whole thing by the end, they had a Latina. He was a lot like Obama. In fact, home skillet came from Illinois. Don't you think somebody writing it knew about Obama? I'm just saying. Shellacked. Seltzer gets owned. Loses Sunday rating fight with FNC by 106%. Mr. Tater Sucks. Seltzer's Fox Hate Fest Fox Hate fix, garnered 800,000 total viewers and only a hundred and sixty-eight thousand in the twenty-five fifty-four. Kurtz had two million and three hundred and twenty-four thousand in that group. That's how bad he was. He's still hawking his goddamn book. Still talking about how, oh, the left is so fucking great, and the right so bad, and the reason why you get crotch itch is because you'll watch Fox, but he still can't garner anybody because he blows ass. For a moment of zen to go with our morning edition, All Things Considered, here's Acosta and Alexander getting their dicks chopped off by Kaylee... McKinney, I can never say her fucking name. Press Sec. As
14: you know, uh, the country has hit 200,000 deaths from the coronavirus. What do you say to Americans who are outraged over this and blame this administration for so many lives lost in this country? Last night, the president said at one of his rallies about the virus, and I think he was talking about younger Americans, he said it affects virtually nobody. Uh, by the way, open your schools, everybody, open your schools. Uh, but he said to Bob Woodward, it's not just old, it's not just older people, it's young people too. At 200,000 deaths, shouldn't the president be telling people the truth about this virus at his rallies?
29: The president is telling people the truth, and you're right, Jim, that he was no, he's talking he's about... saying that
14: it affects virtually nobody and that it doesn't affect young people. He's not telling the truth.
29: Jim, but you're again taking the president out of context. I have his full quote here, and you're right that he was referring to young people. He said this. Well, then uh, I'm not taking it out of context. If I said
14: he was talking about younger people, then I'm not taking it out of context. You're,
29: you are taking it out of context because you're making an assertion that he's not giving critical information when in fact he is. And I will underscore exactly what he said. And he said this you know, in some states, thousands of people, um, and they've had nobody young, below the age of 18, like nobody. They have a strong immune system. That is factually true. You can go to the American Academy of Pediatrics website, uh, the Children's Hospital Association, and they list out a number of states that have had zero pediatric deaths. The coronavirus and then spread it to older people. We've known this since the very
14: beginning. And for the President of the United States at 200,000 deaths to go out to his rallies and say something like it, 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 it virtually affects nobody, and that in some states it's not affecting young people, that is glossing over the fact and and really diminishing the fact that young people can catch this virus and spread it to older people younger people can also be second and killed by this virus, Jim.
29: Do you have the quote there with you? I
14: have. The, I have the quote here. Yes. Yeah.
29: Yes. It is exactly as I just read it to you. That in several states, uh, they have had zero pediatric deaths. I have the entire list here: Arkansas, Delaware, District of Columbia, Iowa, I, I, uh, Hawaii, Idaho, Kansas, and the list goes on. And as you may not know, Jim, uh, this the COVID has a 0.01 percent mortality rate uh, for people uh, under the age of 18.
1: Our media is just hot garbage. Here is two sound bites, flip-flopping on what the media was saying about Garland and a perfect montage of what CNN does to every fucking conservative that shows up, which leads me to say, why don't you guys be like Democrats and just not go over there? They don't go to Fox. Article 2 of the Constitution yep.
22: makes clear the president nominates, the Senate advises and consents. It doesn't say,
26: except not in an election year.
14: It would be rare for the Senate to turn the president down in an election year.
26: Seventeen presidents, including five in the 20th century, successfully put justices on the court during an election year. Six Supreme Court
29: justices have been confirmed in presidential election years.
14: The Senate voted on seven Supreme Court nominees during election years.
13: And a critical seat on the Supreme Court, for now, held hostage to presidential campaign politics.
14: Refusing to hold a hearing
25: on a Supreme Court nominee takes the GOP's congressional dysfunction to new lows. Just hold the hearing.
6: Seriously? Just hold a hearing. Do you think people look at this as another one of those boots in the face to the president?
17: Obstructionism that I am not endorsing. I think it's outrageous. What they want to say is he's got a three-year term.
25: I mean, you were elected for four years and you you get to nominate for four years. It is all about politics of the ugly variety.
28: The people decided in 2012... Who was gonna nominate Supreme Court justices between January of 2013 and January
25: of 2017? Of, of These people were elected and they're paid by United States Treasury to do their job and now they're saying we're not gonna do our job. The U.S. Senate should do their job. They show up day in and day out and they get a paycheck. They should do their job and vote it up or down.
18: I thought the American people decided to put President Obama in the White House and that the Constitution says, now the President decides what name to send to them and they decide whether to vote yes or no. What what did I get wrong there?
11: The consequences of this vacancy on the direction of the country could be huge because if you fill this vacancy, Obamacare is likely dead. So where is your plan to replace it?
27: So the president has taken a number of steps in the health care space. I I would not agree, by the way, with your premise on hypocrisy, but we've gone through that. So I'll move on to your health care question. But with respect to Obamacare, uh, the president is committed to protecting pre-existing conditions. He's alluded to uh, his executive actions he can do in that regard. Uh, He has also taken a number of steps already on reducing drug prices, uh, on making different types of plans, more affordable plans available to the American people, like association health plans, He's made telemedicine more available. So he is about reducing costs, expanding access, uh, especially with the measures he's already taken. And he has uh, said in the media in recent weeks that he will have more to say on health care as well. Uh, but he is 100% committed to protecting pre existing conditions.
11: People are already voting. Where is the plan?
27: He has said, I mean, the the people can get a pretty good preview of, of the way the president views health care in this country and on how to expand access and reduce costs because he's taken a number of steps already. He will take a number of additional steps. But that Brian, he will Brian, listen,
11: listen. That's not that, let's, let's listen to what he said less than a week ago. This is what he said about having a plan ready
6: you've been promising a new health care plan we interviewed. i interviewed you in june of last year you said the health care plan would come in two weeks you told chris wallace that this summer it would come in three weeks you promised an executive I have order it on existing i have it already but it's you've been trying to strike down pre existing matter. conditions i have it already and it's a much better plan for you
11: it's already that was six days ago where is the plan brian
27: The president will roll it out when when he's ready to do so, but it will focus on expanding access, reducing costs. Wait, Brian,
11: it doesn't matter. Where is the plan? We're six weeks from the election. He'll roll it out when he's ready. People are already voting. He's been promising this over the summer. He's been promising this for years. He's asking the Supreme Court in a a moment that it will get soon to get rid of Obamacare. He has to have something to replace that if he's going to make good on his promises. Where is the plan?
27: He has already eliminated the individual mandate. He has already lowered prescription drug costs. He has already expanded health care options and insurance options. He has already expanded telemedicine. He'll have more to say on the subject very soon. I understand People it's with pre-existing
11: that- conditions- No, people- It's- it, Well, there is no plan. These are executive orders. And on the issue of pre-existing conditions, this isn't- When the president is talking about a plan, that- he it seems to be that he's talking about a comprehensive plan. People are concerned. You heard this last week from voters. They're concerned about their pre-existing condition, conditions. You're looking at uh, an estimated 12 million people during this COVID pandemic. It becomes increasingly important who may be losing their employer provided insurance. So where is the plan that they need and that they should have? If we listen to what the president has said, where is the plan?
27: Well, I appreciate your persistence. You've now asked me the same question a number of times, and I'll give you the same answer. I've gotten answer, the answer the no
11: times. I've not, not actually the gotten an answer. That's the why, why I'm asking it again, Brian. The will
27: issue a more comprehensive view, but you can, as I've said, you can get a preview already from the many comments that he's made and the many actions he has taken. He is when? committed to protecting pre-existing conditions. He is committed. He has already lowered costs. He has already expanded access. When will
11: he release he, the plan? Brian he will release when? it
27: very soon Brianna and he very, will discuss he's been promising it very soon people, and he's and blown past his own
11: deadlines before the election
27: he will be very soon he'll be very transparent on this policy as he is with all of his other policies the American people will never have to guess where President Trump stands on a very important issue
11: they will certainly have to guess where he stands on this issue let's listen to what he has said over the summer about the timing of his plan
6: We're signing a health care plan within two weeks, a full and complete health care plan that the Supreme Court decision on DACA gave me the right to do. So we're going to solve, we're going to sign an immigration plan, a health care plan and various other plans. And nobody will have done what I'm doing in the next four weeks. I do want to say that we're going to be introducing a tremendous health care plan sometime. Prior, hopefully prior to the end of the month, it's just about completed now. Over the next two weeks, I'll be pursuing a major executive order requiring health insurance companies to cover all pre-existing conditions for all customers. That's a big thing.
11: I'll ask you again, Brian, the plan is long overdue. Why is the plan not out?
27: Brianna, it'll be out very soon. I don't know if you expected me to bring it with me here to this interview, but the president will release it uh, on his timeline very soon. And he will again will focus no, no, on Brian, reducing he's not costs, released, he, expanding Brian, access. to be
11: clear, Brian, he put his timeline out there. That's completely false what you're saying. He's not releasing it on his timeline. He's blown past his timeline. I mean, is there even a plan?
27: It's his timeline. So there is a plan. He will describe it clearly to the American people. It will reduce costs and expand access and protect pre-existing conditions. And uh, the American people will have a very good look at it, and they'll be very pleased with
11: it. How is he going to protect pre-existing conditions? With an executive order? You know that's not not how it works. He can't do that. He's he's asking the Supreme Court to get rid of Obamacare, which protects people with pre-existing conditions.
27: I think some of the best lawyers in the world and in the country uh, have looked at this and helped him with it. And he is very confident that with executive action he'll be able to do that, as he has already publicly if that were stated. The ca-
11: Brian, if that were the case, then Presidents Obama and Clinton wouldn't have gone through that rather pleasant p- process of going to Congress to get pre-existing conditions protected. You can't just do that with an executive order. That's what the experts say. This is something that requires something more.
27: I think other experts say differently. I'm not here to speak for President Obama or Clinton. I'm here to speak for President Trump. And what his lawyers have looked at, but given the current state of the law, uh, they believe they're on sound footing to do that. So he will do what it takes to protect pre-existing conditions. It would obviously be better if we get Congress on a bipartisan basis uh, to help pass a comprehensive health care plan that will do all these things that the president wants. Uh, but if, to the extent they're not willing to uh, play ball, he will use his authority to expand access lower costs and protect pre-existing conditions
11: all right uh, people are already voting we are just uh, several weeks here to the election so we'll be awaiting that plan that is long overdue from the president Brian Morgenstern thanks for being with us
1: nor will you ever hear this under President Biden because we will be told you must go back and respect the office of the president of the United States this would be so disrespectful this is mojo and their montage of fascists as i always say democrats project better than a fucking projector that's the analogy these people are the fascists but how do you say fascist this many times in one show
24: oh my god Oh,
1: i don't know we won't call them fascist comments fascist fascism fascist call fascism fascism just fascist fascist notions of fascism xenophobic racist demagogic racist sexist xenophobic autocratic and fascistic Donald Trump's a fascist
22: someone like a fascist or a tyrant or an autocrat
1: fascist
14: rhetoric fascist language fascists
1: I'm, I'm glad that you're starting talking about fascism Hitler right. fascist rhetoric he's talking the way fascists talk autocratic
14: fascist Nazi Germany before the rise of hitler fascist language to hitler fascist hitler
6: adolf hitler 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 but hitler from what adolf hitler preached in the early 30s let's just say it once and for all oh
1: yeah i'm turning that fucking shit into a bumper sometime in the near fucking future then we have uh let's see um uh, peter baker When news broke that Ginsburg had died, Trump was just five minutes into campaign rally. Aides opted not to pass word to him on stage. If he announced the death of the liberal justice from the lectern, they feared the crowd would cheer. Really? Well, today, when Trump went to pay his respect, this is what your crowd did. Because remember, we're all about bashing Trump supporters. We don't talk bad about BLM or fucking Antifa. Are these goddamn fucking pieces of human garbage. Lock her up was bad. Lock him up was good. He's not respecting. His fans would have been horrible to poor Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And now your people are booing and vote him out at a eulogy or in repose. Great. We close before we go to our sound by the day. And this is America. Drew Holden post a Brett Kavanaugh flashback thread detailing the depths to which other sides sink. Greg Soder, Brett Kavanaugh may still be reviled in liberal circles. He's also starting to look like the justice who vote liberals often will desperately need. Holden starts, the Kavanaugh hearing was a clarifying moment for countless conservatives because it revealed the depths to which other side will sink in order to get power. I don't think most conservatives need a reminder, but in case you forgot, we saw how eager the media, Dems, and others were to push baseless claims to destroy someone without evidence. They'll make a monster out of you for clicks. That include the Daily Beast. Trevor Noah, Kavanaugh revealed himself to be such an NBC News. Camille Harris says Brett Kavanaugh lied under oath. We all know he did. Grohl Rashomanda and James Simple. Brett Kavanaugh lied. Consent at any age is consent. What teenagers think of Kavanaugh accusation and his defenders, NBC News on i got college girls. They'll take unsubstantiated claims and leveled accusations against you, and if you were already true, elective officials, members of the media, thought leaders, and beyond would attack you from all sides. Then he shows Cory Booker, USA Today, Greenhouse New York Times, New York Times Cohen, Jane Mayer. Even the future Democratic vice president nominee would be involved. I sat through those hearings. Brett Kavanaugh lied to the U.S. Senate. Dr. Ford has passed a polygraph test. The minimum standard for SCOTUS nominee should be someone who demonstrates impartiality, integrity, and truthfulness. Kavanaugh hasn't. These attacks and general skepticism will only apply to you, of course. Your accusers will get only fawning coverage. The New York Times for Ford. With caffeine and termination, Blazy Ford relives her trauma. Christine Blasey Ford sacrifice. They'll amplify conspiracy theories and baseless accusation against you without making any pretense of vetting them first. New York Mag, HuffPo, CNBC, AJ+, the Senate is investigating a fifth sexual conduct misconduct accusation. New Kavanaugh accuser Julie Swenick details parties. A woman claims Kavanaugh attempted to force herself. All of them found to be not true. And they're happy to do it, to the tune of seedy snake oil salesman, a charlatan and a fraud. When Michael Aviani came knocking with an invented av- allegations, they won't hesitate to run with them. Politico, Vox. You'll see count- to countless editorial op eds, think Please, and more, where complete strangers assail your character in the strongest possible terms. Here we got Jill Filipovic, Pfe- John Brennan, Ted Liu, and Charles Blow, who call Kavanaugh. A savious Lace- Predator They'll write straight news pieces That treat the situation as the baseless claims Have already been confirmed Brett Kavanaugh Fit in with Privileged Kids AP He let his anger flare Rather than have a shred of incredibility When the most ridiculous allegation Pushed by an outright fraud comes to light They buy the claim hook, line and sinker Read the latest accusation against Brett Kavanaugh, including gang rape. That came from Avenani. Hard to overstate how pervasive this phenomena was. Here's CNBC's White House reporter, Christine Wilkie, running with an entire allegation. We read it on the show. I need to entire tweet to highlight Seth Abrams, who said that Michael Aviani and his invented claims... The man plans to run for president. My gut tells me he doesn't go public with these allegations until he's got some pretty compelling witness and evidence. He was on Seltzer. Seltzer ran with that guy. He was the best. Even their fact checkers will push unverified allegations that would eventually be referred for prosecution. Daniel Dale. The truth is, it doesn't matter at all. If it bleeds, it leads. GQ. All of Brett Kavanaugh's lies. New York Times. Kavanaugh, ex-roommate, Devil Triangle, was totally a sex thing. Vice, dissecting Brett Kavanaugh's supreme ambition. CNN, if Brett Kavanaugh were a woman. Oh, Jesus Christ. They publicly crucify you for crimes of others or the crime of the system. Vox, we need to talk about Brett Kavanaugh and alcohol. Brett Kavanaugh and the problem of empathy. Yeah, they made that shit up. And if you dare protest, if you push back with even a hint of frustration... As you see your good name, Drake, through the mud, you'll have to be have that used as a mark against you. John Q. Brennan, MSDNC. Can you imagine if a woman came to this hearing and had a temper tantrum? Really hard to overstate how frequent this line of criticism won. I wonder if the NAACP, Nick Kristoff, Joanne Reed, or Peter Dow could envision why someone would be angry for having their character picked apart. Blatant disrespect for senators asking questions pursuant to their constitutional duties are wholly unacceptable. He lacks temperament to be judged anywhere. That's Joy Ann Ring, this very same person that constitutionally the right doesn't have a right to put up a Supreme Court justice. I mean, what the fuck? We can just say what we want, especially when we're a homophobe. And then they'll demand you complete yet another background check if you pass six of them, but you want a hope of convincing them. Plenty of voices from the Senate got involved, including and Schumer, Coons, and Sanders. And even if you make it through the entire ordeal, with your reputation forever sullied without evidence, they won't stop. Some of the most powerful people in the world will continue to heckle you. Elizabeth Warren, about 90 tweets. So conservatives, my question to you is this. Are these the people and institutions you think you can trust and count on? Are these the parties you think can negotiate with in a new SCOTUS justice? Are these your good faith partners? Because I, for one, have had it. I'm not interested in another round of this bad faith and sanity. Put on your armor, hold the line, do your job. And my unsolicited advice to Dems and the media, ignore the lessons of Kavanaugh hearing at your own peril. Nothing brought together the conservative coalition the way that it did, but a remake of it with a new justice certainly will. And it would be golden if they did. To our sound bite of the day, this is the South Dakota governor, a female. It's awesome, so you can expect the left to hate it. Yay! I killed the thing for fun. Was staged the release to captured birds so she could shoot it from commercial. Really a great metaphor for the repubs. All show, no substance. I sure would like to see evidence that this was a legal harvested pheasant. I can't think of a representation of one persona that can make me like them less than this short video. You all are garbage people. Well, my gosh, what can I say except Debbie,
25: you're going to Paris and this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars. Christy governor of South Dakota.
22: This is how we do social distancing in our state.
18: That was great. Plus
22: Covid, more hunting. That's the plan for the future.
1: One last thing before we get into our "This Is America" section, we're going to have two sound bites today. A big thing amongst people is him saying the transfers of power, which we'll get to. But you understand why the media freaks the fuck out about stuff like that. When, for the entire four years, they've said he's not leaving office, we're going to to take tanks, we're going to have Delta Force come in, all the crazy shit they've been saying. I mean, it's been nonstop crazy shit. And these are the people we're talking about. Rob Reiner. Donald Trump has essentially shot and killed hundreds of thousands of Americans on Fifth Avenue, continues to do it every day, and he's right, his cult doesn't care, but the rest of us do. In 42 days, we will arrest the killer people's reply. Trump essentially 100% shot and killed these Americans. And you are the stupid side of that line. How does this man go on day after day with such rage? Good question, because here's Joyanne Reed. Genuine question. What will be the relationship between the majority of Americans and Trumpists after this long national nightmare ends? And it will eventually end. Do people anticipate simply letting bygones be bygones with people who joined the Trump personality cult? That's what she said. People's response before mine. The way you chose to frame your question pretty much answers it. You lefties will continue to be haters. You are genuine answer. I'll have a hard time forgetting the way you all behaved. You've truly gone off the deep end. You've let a loud mouth president turn you into unhinged, hateful people who see Nazis in your your fellow citizens. It's unreal. I simply remove people like you from my life entirely. The spaces they once held are being used for things of actual worth now. Note, I did not vote for him. The past four years have shown me that this was a mistake. Others, after this long national nightmare ends, so you're quitting your job? (laughs) another i don't expect the left to let anything go they couldn't even accept it when the impeachment fizzled out in fact you even have hillary clinton saying the democrats should accept his re-election if it happens tds is incurable you're asking the wrong question to the wrong group of people when barack obama won twice conservatives didn't bitch and moan they woke up the next morning and by and large went to work And the booing sums it up. Matt Whitlock, try to imagine the media coverage. Republicans had done this to Obama while he was paying respects beside a casket. You people are broken. You're broken? You'll always be broken. And the following soundbite, which is not This Is America literally shows it. You bring Omar on and you use a 10-year-old to talk about RGB on MSDNC.
11: The president deploying a racist attack against Congresswoman Ilhan Omar.
6: How about Omar of Minnesota? We're gonna win the state of Minnesota because of her. They say. She's telling us how to run our country. How did you do where you came from? How is your country doing? They're gonna tell, she's gonna tell us, she's telling us how to run our country. And
11: Congresswoman Omar is with us now. Congresswoman, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Tell us your
30: reaction to what you heard
11: the president say.
30: I mean, the, the president clearly loves to prey on people's fears. He spreads the disease of hate everywhere he goes and these cult rallies that he's holding across the country um, are now being fueled uh, by fear and it is no surprise that he is so fearful of winning minnesota that he has to resort to this hate because what he knows is that the Democratic power in Minnesota runs through turnout in the 5th Congressional District. And we are going to make sure not only does he not win Minnesota, but that he doesn't get back to the White House.
11: You heard the cheers, right? He said that and the crowd cheered him. And I know that you uh, were recently asked about violent imagery used uh, of you and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Congresswoman, And you were asked if any Republicans had reached out to you, even privately, to say, this is not okay, And you you said that hadn't happened. I wonder, as you see many people essentially support or support through silence this kind of rhetoric, why you think that is? Why do they do that?
30: I mean, it shows really... uh the the ways in which uh, our country has descended into um, a place where you are being attacked for being an immigrant, you're being attacked for um, being Muslim, and you're being attacked even for being a woman.
20: And and Sam, 13 going on 14 years old, your mom mom pointed to you when she talked about the importance of, of men. Uh, you know, paying tribute to the late justice. What does her passing mean to you? What, what is her legacy as you see it?
2: So, first off, it's really, really sad that she had to go, especially right before the election. She's done so many great things for this country with equal rights and all. So, just really, it's tragic altogether.
20: Yeah. And you brought some clay with you. What's that about?
2: So, this clay is actually from Israel, and usually we um, bring rocks uh, when people pass but this is the closest thing we have to rocks and um, yeah we got these pieces of pottery on an archaeology on a dig uh, in israel so we're here to place uh, with rbg and
20: 10 year old alana becker question to you how are you feeling about all this
2: this is gonna be the beginning of a absolute nightmare because she is
20: no longer here to help the world. Well, th- thank you. And thanks to your mom and your brother for your time this morning. I, I really appreciate it, Andrew. And that's a, these are perspectives that we've been hearing all morning as we talk to people. People paying tribute to the late justice as a trailblazer, an icon, a defender of human rights, women's rights, and, and a defender of liberal ideas, a protector of progress. I say it almost every show. This is what I fear.
1: The people that want to take charge don't want to change America for the better. They want to make America a different country. And they believe it's within their rights to punish you because you don't think like them. Every one of their policies is designed to go after their enemies, to configure the system so their enemies can never have power. And after the last four years... People like me are starting to think you don't belong ever around the levers of power. You are creating an America that is very dangerous. Eventually, people are going to start acting like you. Eventually, people are going to take to the streets We're all getting tired of your shit. And after your example for four years, I think I said it last show, there's going to be totally the same thing. We're going to be states that are going to ignore your shit because you set the precedence. You. The difference will be your AG, ours is Barr who follows the law. You use the law as a tool for political control. As you gnash your teeth about the AG of Kentucky, you have AGs all over the country trying to go after Trump, his kids. It's just like the IRS. The IRS was foreshadowing everything the left's about. They don't give a fuck about the Constitution law or anything. They proved it the last four years. The law is an impediment to their ideology. And with Joy Reid saying that, it goes with the Bernie bros. We will re-educate you. We are the cult. Their projection that it's Trump cultists, people are going to Trump because you people are crazier. But you can't see that. And it's perfectly laid out by a real reporter asking questions of Biden. And this is the ultimate projection. We went through Russia. We went through all this bullshit. And at the end of a Senate investigation, who was taking money? Who was working with Russia? Well, it was just like Hillary in Ukraine that was actually proven during the Russian investigation. And it looks like Biden and his family were actually the ones colluding with a foreign country.
5: This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. Hey! Don't catch you slipping, no. Hey! What I'm whipping up, this is America, don't catch you slipping up, don't catch you slipping up. It's
7: time for the last sound bite, like the media That's say when they up.
5: are pushing I'm fake up. liberal agenda I'm stories.
11: And this is America in 2019. Guns hey. in my area. Hey.
7: my area, I got the strap.
0: Hey. To serve on the board of a Ukrainian energy company facing serious corruption charges, You were the vice president running point on Ukraine. The average Joe hears that and says, that sounds fishy. What's your understanding of what your son was doing for an extraordinary amount of money? I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. And there's nobody... Well, you've had a lot of time. Isn't this something you want to get to the bottom of? No, because I trust my son. But that doesn't pass the smell test. Like When you're vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know... No. What's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down no. some guardrails? Um, um, unless there was, something that was, uh, there was something on its face that was wrong. There's nothing on its face that was wrong. So, Look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. I mean, come on. This is... So <laughs> you guys are amazing. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence... Not one little tiny bit to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that. But you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you, know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do. But I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. Last one on this. Uh, Say <laughs> okay. so you're elected. You're in office. What guardrails would you have to be sure that your son, your brother Jimmy, doesn't uh, do anything to trade on the family name? They will not be engaged in any foreign business because of what's happened in this administration. No one's going to be seeking patents for things from China. No one's going to be engaged in that kind of thing. So no foreign business for your relatives in office.
1: Senate report leaks Hunter Biden to prostitution and human trafficking. Catherine Heritage, now 87-page joint report from Chuck Grassley and Ron, J- Ron Johnson, investigate potential conflict of interest involving Hunter Biden's central finding. Hunter Biden position on Burmese was problematic, did interfere with the execution of Obama-era Ukraine policy. Biden campaign spokesman Andrew Bates addresses 87 pages report. Senator Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley, as the coronavirus death toll climbs, Wisconsinite's struggle with joblessness, Ron Johnson has wasted months diverting Senate Homeland Security and government affairs. Committee away from any oversight of the catastrophal botched federal response to the pandemic, a threat to Senate Johnson is dismissed by saying that death is an unavoidable part of life. To subsidize a foreign attack against the sovereignty of the election with taxpayer dollars—an attack funded and long disproven—hardcore right-wing conspiracy blah blah blah. Diane, uh, talk about a diversion. I think we as a country can walk and chew gum at the same time. Mark, Matt Dornick Jake might have time if he wasn't so busy covering all the dead, sick, and jobless Americans resulting from his this administration's catastrophically poor planning in response to pandemic. That was an Obama, or excuse me, Biden director of strategic communications who had to leave and now is back with CNN. But what did they find? Hunter Biden has had business ties with China. Hunter Biden and his family received millions of dollars from foreign nationals with questionable backgrounds. Hunter Biden had a bank account with Chinese national Gongguan Dong that funded a $100,000 global spending spree with James Biden and Sarah Biden. Hunter Biden received $3.5 million wire transfer from the wife of a former mayor of Moscow. Hunter paid non-resident women who was a national of Russia or other Eastern European countries and who appeared to be linked to an Eastern European prostitution human trafficking ring. Byron York, Russia Connection, John Grassley report, says Hunter Biden Company received $3.5 million from Russian billionaire. But what did Andrew Blake from WAPO say? The Senate GOP report on Hunter Biden could have used some more proofreading. And one graph, both but and however in the same sentence, the next sentence to drive a wedge between Ukraine and the U.S. and an effort too. Francis Erlbach, good to know you can spot the most important part of the report. Great catch. There may be a Pulitzer in your future. Understand? They didn't touch this. We have done Russia, Russia, Russia. For three fucking years and it proved nothing other than Hillary was in Ukraine and Hunter Biden is a dirty, dirty bird over there, which means you're getting influence from the future president of the United States, which makes you think, did the left know they were going to put him up? Did they think tank he was the best one to go against Trump? And simultaneously, they're running NPR pieces that he's a great Catholic, but the Catholic government Supreme Court is a handmaid's tale. And what does CNN do about it? Facebook allows hundreds of misleading super PAC ads. That's how they're addressing it. And then to deflect from the Hunter Biden, the entire media ran with this. Molly Hemingway, I'm embarrassed for anyone defending this idiotic question. This was the question that instead of two cops getting shot, instead of, hey, who the fuck is saying that a Supreme Court justice who has these kids and two of them are black and one's mentally retarded and is a great person and has done nothing wrong as a hands-made tale in Hunter Biden... Win, lose, or draw, will you commit here today to a peaceful transfer of power after the election? POTUS, we're going to have to see what happens, you know, that I've been complaining very strongly about ballots and the ballot surge disaster. I know a few White House reporters who are lovely and intelligent, careful about their work, etc., but in general, they're not sending their best or their brightest over there. RBE, RBE. How many times is the D.C. bubble going to let Trump punk them on accepting the election result? If he loses, he leaves on January 21st, and there's nothing he can do about it. Cone, I hadn't noticed that before. You're right. It's a very strange question. If you win or draw or lose, will you commit to a peaceful transition of power? Wait, what, win? Even if he wins, they want him to commit to a peaceful transition. They're already setting up the response for the 2016 election. Ridiculous and disgusting. Why I think they ask the question is they know Biden's not polling well. And even though the national keeps going, Biden, 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 it's always liberally biased. So they know things are bad. So they're prepping a new impeachment trial. Why do you think Snuffberger was pushing, are you going to impeach him again? Why do you think they just keep talking about impeachment? Because maybe deep down inside, they know it isn't going to be a blue landslide and they're going to win the Senate and increase the House and have the White House and make us all serfs. But they ignored it. This was Russia, Russia, Russia. This is actual proof of interference in an election through Joe Biden. We have actual proof that Joe Biden sexually assaulted a person. And the media ignored it. They just ignored it. But if this is a report on Joe Jr., Getting $3.5 from somebody in Russia. Do you not think it'd be really huge? It would be impeachable? Yeah. And this is what we look forward to with the Biden administration. If he wins, this is where we go back to it again. It doesn't matter what they do. They have a D behind their name. They're fucking bulletproof. Trump joked about shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue. Fathead Reiner made a big deal out of it. The reality is Joe Biden literally could kill people on camera. As long as they're not black dudes in a dress, he's golden. He's free. Because our media is state-sponsored propaganda for the Democratic Party. From the beginning of this podcast to right now, it is just state-sponsored shit. Kim Jong-un wishes he has this media. The Taliban, a cult, looks at our left brothers and sisters and goes, damn, we ain't doing this shit right. We got motherfucking old people doing pledges We're going through neighborhoods making people bow to BLM. We don't even do that in the Taliban. We got to cane motherfuckers to get them to do it. And that's all things considered. Brought to you by your tax dollars. Because technically I'm just like NPR. Got disability and I got a pension from the army. So I am tax funded. And that goes out to you, Rich in Alabama. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please feel free to share with your family and friends. Send comments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com, FOPpodcast, gmail.com. Get this show on SoundCloud, Pocket Static, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry Stitcher, Down and Pocket Cast. Remember, check out our Twitter account at FOP Tony Our next podcast I'm going to schedule for Sunday, but if the left decides to break some more shit, then we'll have another podcast. And once again, this is the length I'm really shooting for. I haven't been doing very well at it, but it's easier to listen to about two and a half hours than a really long podcast. So I'm going to keep looking at that. As always, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the fucking yeah, yes. Tune in to our next one, which should be Wednesday. We'll close like we always do with a montage of liberal violence. Probably be adding to it with a lot of these you're a fascist, he ain't the right skin, and Don Lemon will say something fucked up tonight, like we need to burn white people in the streets because the justice system is broken. It'll get added on. As always, thanks for listening. I don't know why there aren't
12: uprisings
13: all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives.
18: enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite
4: and peaceful.
17: Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. They
4: go low, be kick.
17: How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck?
4: Biggest
9: terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right.
19: I thought he should have punched him in the face, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists emerge, He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero.
0: I'd like to punch him in the face. I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him.
7: Punch some people in the face!
0: When was the last time an actor assassinated a president?
9: They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact.
8: Look, as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought...
30: Anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our
2: constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue.
17: They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you
7: think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, <tries> my
13: And part of the challenge we have as a nation is that a significant swath of Americans still support Donald Trump. They support his vision of America, and that is rooted in racism. It is rooted in a desire for power at the expense of everyone who is black and brown. And so what we have in this problem is a a spiritual kind of tyranny of the worst impulses, uh, you know, as uh, Dr. Meacham said, um, you you know, sort of weaponizing narcissism
12: that will send a shockwave through this country. And Donald Trump may not accept the results, but who gives a because the rest of the country will be forced to.
7: I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police to the fucking grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the fucking White House down. I want to take it to the Senator. I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them and at the end of the day, if they ain't gonna hear us, we burn them the fuck down.
8: Here's it. Thank you, Governor. What the fuck is of a piece you got the ball. you got the ball. You can't hit the You can't be the United States. You can't hit the You can't Congratulations.
5: Thank you for listening to flyover politic podcast please check out our facebook page at fop podcast and twitter account at fop tony reed remember it's a
10: short ride make every day count